0: and welcome to KrakenCast. This is the oceanic branch of Vessels of King's Grave, the Game of Thrones review series. Today we'll be discussing Eastwatch, which is episode five of season seven. I'm Sarah, known as Lady Weaver on the forums.
1: Hi, this is Duncan, also known as Vel'Krist on the forums.
2: Donna, King Donna on the forums.
3: This is uh, Bing, Shushan on the forums. And David, David HHH on the forums.
0: Thanks for answering the call and let's get this started. So what was your lemon cake rating out of five for this episode?
1: I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna be a bit harsh uh, this week and give this episode two and a half lemon cakes. Um, I did enjoy myself while I was watching it, but I thought quite a few of the scenes showed a really tenuous grasp on character motivations and um, narrative structure. The overriding impulse seems to be, you know, like, wouldn't it be cool if this happened? And then the show kind of works (laughs) backwards from there. Mm -hmm. I think the final scene in particular felt a lot closer to a Marvel Comics book movie than this kind of medieval, gritty character drama that I love. I did love the previous two episodes, as I I mentioned in the previous character cast, but... While I think the season has increased the quality of, like, spectacle, like the big action sequences, I think this episode made me realize how far the, the quality of the writing has started to drop. So, yeah, middling, two and a half lemon cakes for me.
3: I'll give it a three and a half. I, I would say it was, you know, another one of those setup up episodes. We had a couple of holy crap important moments in strange places. But overall, I kind of liked where they were going, but it, it was still set up, so there wasn't all that much exciting. All the character moments were, like, kind of okay, but I'm not sure where they're going with everything. So I guess it'll kind of depend on where they end up, how I, in the end, feel about it. But about three and a half. It was it was good. It was fun. It was nice. But, you know, nothing that made me go, holy crap, I love this, other than a certain moment I'm sure we'll talk about. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I gave it uh, to 0.75 lemon cakes. I gave it a whole one for Davos.
4: Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, true. Just yeah.
2: fantasticness. Um, I think I gave it another point for fan service, and then 0.25 for Gendry's hammer, and a 0.5 for Jorah and Tyrion. That's where it got its marks. And everything else, nope. No, nope. It, it just, yeah. I agree with Duncan it's just the characterization has gone out the window I feel a little bit and yeah we'll get into it a bit later I, it had its moments I enjoyed watching it but even after it always happens after these really big like glamorous episodes the next episode always feels a bit hollow mm-hmm. a bit yep. the, this, right. this one had its yeah. own problems it, it just wasn't like a calm down it was also it had its own problems
5: as well so i think i think i give this episode like a stream or 3.5 in the forums right after i just saw it the more i think about this episode the more and more stupid it gets <laughs> and and especially the the main plot if you will of this story of the, this episode the more it, it is it is incredibly stupid i have to give it like a two or probably one actually wow uh-huh. okay because one thing that the writing is dropping, I'm, and I'm willing to accept a certain level of stupid if it if it is cool. It's, this is this is not cool enough to justify the stupid. Donna said, it is drag dragging all the characters character writing down with it. There was a lot of moments that had a lot of potential, like the meeting of Jaime and Tyrion after all this time, and it was handled as we need to get to this point this point B, and we, we just ignore all the sort of emotional impact of all these important moments to get to that point and if that point is, is a cool point or a very nice plot line then sure okay well i'm willing to hand wave that but it seems the final point is really really stupid so
0: <laughs> anyways yeah. yeah i think i'm gonna give this episode a two and a half out of five just middle of the road because I think this was really Davos' episode and I love Davos so I'm like yeah go Davos yeah. like you're saying I, I think some of the things in it are a bit silly or it could have been handled better but in saying that this episode is probably one of the few ones that I'm more likely to scream at my TV set because I'm like what the fuck are you doing like <laughs> oh, oh. but yeah so yeah I'd say a two and a half but Yeah, I don't know. I think it's weird to give it a rating because it's like some of it I really liked, and some of it I'm like, really? (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: But yeah, but that's the way with
1: a lot of them, though it can be a hard show to rate because sometimes you can't even judge one episode because it is as you say david it's sort of transitional or a setting up episode right so it's like exactly. okay they're doing a lot of things that could eventually evolve into something interesting but the actual content we're watching isn't that isn't that compelling right um and i think more yeah. and more i think you said something really interesting a couple of weeks ago being where you were saying they've they've become more like characters caricatures than characters more like a collection of traits and increasingly in this episode it Mm. felt like the characters were becoming subservient to the narrative so this is what they want the narrative to be and the characters just kind of fit into that without any real Mm -hmm. justification or clear motivation Mm -hmm. whereas i've always what i've always loved about the the show and the books they're based on, obviously, is that mm. the characters always drive the narrative. It's always about their desires and their fears and their their wants that actually sort of drive the world building and the narrative. Yeah. I don't really get that as much with these with this season or the last season.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found my point breakdown: a point for Davos, a point for Tommen, half a point for Gendry, and a quarter of a mm. point for Jorah and Tyrion. Moment. That's how I did it. I forgot. Thank oh, goodness. <laughs>
5: I think it, I'm just I just couldn't I mean yeah those indi- individual moments are nice I guess but it's harder for me to justify when all these things packaged together like that for for me to 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 give it a positive score right. or
3: anything. I, well, I, I mean again scores matter because it doesn't. I th- I, th- I think it really depends on where they go with everything they've done this week. Like it could go in great directions that makes it a very important and awesome episode, or they could go in really stupid directions that make us look back on this and think, oh, this was the beginning of the crap. So it really, it's hard to judge this because we don't know yet where they're going with some of this stuff. We can probably guess in some ways, but right. you know, you never know if our guesses will be right or not. So.
1: And it is tricky because it is going off, particularly this episode, just sprung off in so many different directions. Mm-hmm. Like this this mm-hmm. plan materialized in this episode that just makes not a lot of sense but it's it's sending yeah. them off in a particular direction you have this yeah. this balance between danny and has really been um shifted dramatically it's not clear how that'll how that'll uh, mm-hmm. sort of shake out so i guess we will have to look at, back a bit on this to evaluate it fully yeah but yeah we we can only do the best with what we've got
3: right i think any of our ratings could jump a whole point one way or another depending on where they end up yeah right yeah Point okay. points and
5: ratings are ultimately autom- automatically, automatically meaningless, right? Yeah. <laughs> of course.
3: Yeah, but <laughs> it's still, still so fun. It's still yeah, fun to no, say no, lemon. <laughs> yes, Ping, <laughs> that, 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 Shush, you're, right. you're
1: penetrating the bureaucracy. <laughs>
3: Sorry.
2: <laughs> Without a clear, consistent right. marking rubric, there's no way we could rate this or grade it effectively. Our house
1: of Cards. Um, well, oh.
3: I House of Cards. It's um, always fun to say lemon cakes. That's what matters. <laughs> That's, it, is, yeah.
0: it is, yeah. This week, how they moved from location to location, it didn't really make sense to break it down into specific places, or at least I didn't think so. So we're going to follow the setup that the episode had and follow that because they did it linearly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're starting... With the Rose Road with Jamie and Bronn. So we see Bronn's head bobbed to the surface of the lake and he's pulling Jamie up with him. They exit the lake and it's actually the shore opposite the battleground. They talk about how they don't really stand a chance against three dragons because they hardly stood a chance against one dragon and that Bronn doesn't envy Jamie's task of telling Cersei that they're royally fucked.
3: Yeah. I mean, did we not all just see this easy solution coming? Oh, we were all talking, how could he get out of it? And we knew they weren't going to really give us those details. And that's fine. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I, mean, I don't think any of us really expected to get a detailed how did Jamie get out of his armor and all that. And, you know, I mean, I'm OK with that. I wasn't expecting it. So whatever. <laughs>
1: I think i think it basically confirms that he's a he's a merling if he can swim in armor <laughs> yeah oh. huge, huge revelation Blurped. this episode
3: Confirm.
0: well they would have had to have swum from the opposite side of the lake all the way there and i'm like that's not gonna happen he would drown on the way that's- with no dothraki around them <laughs> yes with no just because that's how they did it
1: yeah I mean, it's, right. not, it's not a big yeah. deal to me. It just would have been nice if he had, like, not had his armor still on, because then at least you can imagine Bronn sort of pulling yeah. him above water. But the fact that he's in his armor, it's just... Yeah. Bronn couldn't possibly right. have dragged him that far.
0: I just found it really, really stupid, because with how they ended the episode last time, it was with Jamie underwater with an awesome floating scene. So I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to start up with that scene, and no, it's with Bronn's head above water. And I'm like, oh. And it, it, with it Jamie in full a armor, shot.
1: yeah, it, it was quite a striking, sort of ominous shot. So the fact that they sort of cut it off at its heels so quickly felt a bit mm-hmm. jarring. I expected yeah. it. <laughs> I just expected it. Was a, it was a
5: cheap It was a cheap cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: It's nice to know that Bronn has self life-saving experience. Uh, <laughs> they have that program happening in Westeros. I I said last week how much I wanted consequences to this battle, and the scene in the next one just showed that there is no consequences if you're a lord and you go into battle. Oh, you're a named character, you get to survive anything except Dragon Dragonfire.
1: Bronn's got the most thankless job in, uh, in all Westeros. <laughs> his
2: stipula- stipulations like he's like no no yeah i i was on team the pre-dragons but now they're dragons so yeah i'm gonna yeah i'm sorry i'm out no but but that's dropped, actually like, the most
0: ron-like response because it's he right. wouldn't have stuck around against dragons in the book so i think it's i think it suits his character more to be like yeah no next time you see dragons i am out goodbye
3: But he never got his payment, so that's the thing that keeps him around. Like, we try to think that he was trying to be loyal and whatever, but he's claiming here it was just for that. The question is now, how long is Braun going to stay on Team Jamie, or is he going to head to other sides, or will he just take off to save himself? Which would probably be the smartest move, let's be honest.
1: (laughs) Well, we see him in King's Landing later on, so For now. he's still hanging around. And he, he still really wants that castle, so yeah. I guess, yeah. yeah. Sure. And
0: sure. we know that Tyrion and Bronn see each other again, so we might actually go and join up with Tyrion, because there doesn't seem to be any hard feelings there.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, yeah.
3: Which is weird.
1: Um, I, Which doesn't make I, sense. I will say, I think this is... um. Uh, this is probably one of the better parts of the episode for me, just Jamie's reaction to Danny's attack. Like he's really shaken up by mm-hmm, what he yeah. saw. And I think it makes sense with like his whole psychological connection to the Mad King and how he had to kill the Mad King because he was trying to burn everyone. So the fact that his daughters return and is kinda you know, threatens to, to um resurrect the Targaryen horrors and all that. It's it's like mm-hmm. Jamie's nightmares coming back to haunt him. And him and uh, him sort of contending with Cersei this this monster in his midst that he's like terrified of and also loves I think he, in a weird way he's emerged as a bit of a the sort of one of the more central characters of the series because of the season rather because Danny is so powerful at this point it's almost like she can just steamroll over everyone um and John and Tyrion haven't really had a lot to do this season they've just Mm -hmm. kind of been trying to contend with danny whereas jamie has faced this really intense external conflict but also his kind of internal conflict in terms of his love for cersei so i'm kind of i'm enjoying his uh, his character the most at the moment
3: right right even if it's different from the books they're going in interesting directions with it i think so we'll see where that goes (laughs) <laughs> okay,
0: so this is The Rose Road Part 2, and it's with Tyrion and Daenerys. So Tyrion walks through the corpses and ashes of the battlefield towards the dragon and the Dothraki are shepherding the surviving members of the Lannister forces towards it as well. Daenerys stands in front of Drogon and gives a speech about how she is going to break the wheel and that the wheel actually benefits people like Cersei, Mel- Cersei Lannister and she gives them the choice of bending the knee or dying. Randall and Dickon Tali both refuse to bend the knee and are uh, executed by dragon fire.
2: Dickon is uh, living up to his name, being a dick.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> well. Dude, I was actually really impressed
0: because I was like...
4: Yeah.
0: I was so pissed off with Danny in this scene. I was like, no, I hate you. Stab, stab, stab. Yeah. I yes. really, really liked Randall and Dickon in the scene because their response to it would be more like my response because i would just be like no goodbye i'm going to die i don't give a shit fuck you
2: so yeah. well, one of the things of i thought McCown, was interesting. i would bend the knee immediately bend the knee well,
3: like, one of the things i was trying to figure dragon out
2: flying and bend the knee like immediately
3: I was trying to figure out why why Randall was being so dedicated to Cersei when he really hasn't been until now. And given that she, you know, was responsible for the death of Olena and all that. And I was trying to figure out what's going on. But it became clear as he talked more that, remember, one thing we've seen with Randall all along is that he is xenophobic. Remember, he hated Gilly for being a wildland. He hates foreigners. There's certainly a certain amount of political commentary going on here. So I think that's really where they were going with that was the whole reason he couldn't is like, I'm not going to let this foreign princess, even though she was born here, you know, and her foreign hordes come to us. So for that reason, I'm going to stick with Cersei, who I don't actually care about at all. And I kind of liked that, but then we got into the why is Dickens standing up to it? And I still couldn't kind of figure that out, because even Randall was kind of like, stay back, Dickon, shut up. And then he stood up and was like, OK, I guess I'll stand with you. That I thought was weird. I couldn't figure out why Dickon, I think he's just trying to be like loyal to his father, but it just seemed weird. The idea there is that uh,
5: Dickon has been so brainwashed into his father's ways that he, in the end, he followed his father to his dad, even though, that's not the outcome his father wants and it's sort of a tragedy of Randa's parenting, I guess. Maybe. It's yeah.
1: it's like they've made this decision and it might not have been the right one, but they made it and they suffered because of it and they fought on that, that mm-hmm. choice. And the idea of going back on it means that the suffering was for nothing. Even if you get to live, you sort of have to live with what you've done. So it's like, it's this very like sort of honor bound, you know, I took this oath. It sort of reminds me of Thorn uh, doing <laughs> the, trying to do the, take the mutiny. Right. And then his like final words yep. to Jon Snow. It's like, you know, I tried to do it. I failed. I'm going to accept my death. It's that kind of, I made a choice. It was the wrong choice, but I'm going to live with it kind of thing. There's like more honor yeah, in death than switching it sides.
0: You know, it actually kind of reminds me of Stannis because it's that sort of mindset where you'd break rather than bend, where you'll just keep standing up until you're killed.
1: Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it's really
0: interesting.
1: It's sort of a world of impossible choices for a lot of these characters because there's so many claimants to to the throne at various points. It's like if you choose one, you're betraying another, but all you've got is your own sort of personal honor, your own personal code. So that's all they have
3: to cling to. On the plus side, though... Sam can now keep the sword with no one giving him any crap. I
4: know. You know,
0: with them killing Dickon and Randall, I'm like, Sam is still a member of the Night's Watch. Only problem, otherwise he would be getting that castle, the swords, Mm -hmm. and he would be inheriting all that. And I'm like, do you think they can say Little Sam's his son still and then Little Sam will claim it all and inherit
1: Oh Ooh. my God! Yes, he's like that's Lord of the Rings awesome. now. <laughs> oh, that's
3: awesome. Lord of oh my God, yeah. and <laughs> this little wildling baby is Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> except that he's not actually his kid, but oops. <laughs> that <laughs> oh, that no, doesn't yeah, matter. You're right.
2: But <laughs> Sam has claimed him as his own. So
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. Two
2: points. Well, makes <laughs> I, I, I have out of that scene
3: is that, although he is it, a it, bastard, it, so as a bastard. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't matter, um, there's nobody left. I, um, there's no, um, no You left. There's can not just
0: state them as a member of your house because isn't it if they're a bastard, the head of the house can actually make it so you're no longer a bastard and you can inherit all the king does. So I mean
5: the king the show already has that as the, the president I think of only,
3: right. I think Which only would the king be John. It. So, which is John, oh, of course. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it <laughs> happened. Right. One one little thing I just wanted to say about this scene too is, I don't care how many times she says it, Dracaris just never gets told <laughs> I can hear it a million times and I'll still be happy. <laughs> oh,
0: I am so really not a Danny fan girl. Digging... So oh, I hated her a bit. I actually wrote down an argument against her speech. I was like, no,
1: bad. I, I think I think that's the point though. I think it's we're not meant yeah. to be rooting for. I think the 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 uh, expression that runs across Tyrion's face is one of, amb- of uh, uh, ambivalence it's like oh uh, what have we unleashed it's like mm-hmm. she keeps talking about wanting to break the wheel but then the choices she lays out is join me or die
3: right you yes. um, don't have
1: another choice you know
0: the thing is it's
1: not really a choice right. with
0: that choice in any other battle the soldiers It'd be, hey, you lived so you can regroup later or you can go home and actually spend time with your family, make sure the harvest and any of that sort of thing if they make it home. Whereas she's like, you can join me again and do all the battle again
1: or die. In some ways, she's worse than the Lannisters because the Lannisters take prisoners and then hostage, <laughs> them, ransom them and, and all that. But Danny's just yep. all or nothing scorched earth. So I like that yes. idea that she could become the mad queen. I think that's a that's a good choice. Right. I don't want this um I'm, I'm sick of this savior messiah Danny just ruling everything and being the greatest thing ever. I, I want this this um ethical dilemma for Tyrion.
3: Right. And the you show know, the is... show goes far to and try the, to make the that point clear too and discussions coming up soon. <laughs>
0: you know actually with Danny killing Dickon
3: Dickon, Dickon, <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: Dickon and Randall Tali. How she kills them is actually very, very similar to how the Mad King killed Brandon and Rickard Stark because he did it with wildfire, but she's doing it with dragonfire.
1: Right. I thought and that was Sam's really interesting, hear. and it was yeah, yeah. Right. The same way, now the same going way Ned heard. Sam's gonna hear,
3: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although to be fair wasn't it the whole point of the whole thing with ned's father and brother that it was slow and painful i mean it's pretty clear that dracarys was fast and over in seconds so i mean is that really any worse than you know say beheading i mean it was over boom fire done whereas it was a slow painful death with the others
0: i still think think it'd be painful though because burns are incredibly painful and i don't think burning alive is a merciful death when it could have just been an execution with the way that they're used to being done in their own land. So she could have done it with the things that, that the Westerosi do and how they execute their people, but instead she's doing it with how the crazy mad king decides to execute people. So...
2: I don't know. When it comes to the heading like, the unexecuted... Yeah, Roderick, like, mm-hmm. that, that's, that, that's always, like, a, a chance with beheadings that you get someone who is so incompetent <laughs> nah. that it is slow and painful. Yeah. Um, where Dragonfire, like, if it was burning on the stake or maybe beheading, I would go beheading. But if it's Dragonfire versus beheading, yeah, I'm going that way. Uh, it's
4: it's, but it's sad that it,
2: it, Yeah, it's sad that it takes that for um, Randall Tarley to show affection to one of his sons. Right. <laughs> <I, laughs> you know, little handhold at the end. And in my I liked alternate it. alternate history uh, thing, if imagine if Randall Tully then he did let him take the black. It's like two weeks later, the Night's Watch is just like tip top fighting shape. <laughs> <laughs> They're ah. two marching around, shield walling everywhere. Yeah, exactly. You just right. gets up there, whips him into shape and leaves like this awesome Literally. Night's Watch
0: military well in saying that at least they did get burned because otherwise they would be turned into whites and you don't want randall tarley to be against you so
3: oh god <laughs> as a white <laughs> that was one of the funny things i thought about the scene was was that like if he had gone to the wall he would have been stuck fighting whites that might have actually been worse <laughs> so maybe she should have sent him up there or maybe she, she'll
2: start she, sending people to the wall now that is like no seriously they're fucking coming
5: well, she actually was considering sending him to the wall. He doesn't want to go. I think mean, she was sure would be alright with him sending him to the wall.
0: No, wasn't it? She said that it was bend the knee or die and then.
5: Well, she said that, but she they both looked Tyrion. No, the Tyrion. Tyrion... Yes.
0: And
2: it was, it was definitely like... Randall Tarly that talked her out of sending him to the wall. He yeah. was like, nah, fuck that. Only a, like, a queen can do that and you're not my queen, so. Yeah,
0: yeah. it was kind of funny. I enjoyed that bit. <laughs> But yeah. I think Tyrion did do a good job to try to talk her down and out of killing them though.
3: So I thought that was good. He did all he could.
1: Right. Because he, he knows you... he, on one hand he wants her to be a good queen, but he also knows the sort of um the propaganda that can be used against her. He knows this the story that'll be heard is that she's she's burning people for surrendering, that she's got this this army of uh, Dothraki killing the Westerosi, there's a there's a good chance that this can be used against her, that, that the various other houses can unite against her because of what, what she's done here today. And Cersei can use that. Yep.
0: And the thing is Cersei probably would because before Danny even got there or started fighting them, Cersei was spreading propaganda about her um, And it turned out to be true on some mean, of the Dany's previous episodes. To Yep. Yeah,
1: I mean Tali saw exactly why he joined um, Cersei in the first place because of this.
0: Yep. Oh, you know, with Danny's speech and this saying that I know what Cersei has told you, that I've come to destroy your cities, burn your homes, murder you and orphan your children. My first thought hearing that was you've actually done most of that. You might not have burnt their homes, but you've burnt their brothers and. our Ar-
1: turns out and she you Mitchell. might not
0: have murdered them but you've killed thousands of people with your dragon so
3: but who I doesn't thought it was in very war.
0: hypocritical
3: but it how is do you war. have a war without doing that so i mean how can you have a war without actually killing the other side i mean you can't really win until you kill the other side sadly or in i mean even in the red wedding you still had lots and lots of death even if it was quicker and easier
1: right but i think it- Danny's a hypocrite to pretend that she's not that. She should just admit, yeah, I'm going to kill a lot of people as well, but I'm going to win, so you should follow me. <laughs> but she, she keeps insisting that she's going to be better and, and reform the system, but she's not really oh, and uh, so far from what we've seen.
0: With her saying that um, she's going to destroy the wheel that people like Cersei Lannister, that they benefit from, I actually thought, no, you're actually essentially very similar to Cersei Lannister because you were also born with a golden spoon in your mouth. Yes, you might have been living in exile, but you were still taken care of the whole time and you still think of yourself as having a right to the Seven Kingdoms, but you don't because Robert ended that when he won the Rebellion. Like, she doesn't yeah, have she's a claim basing anymore. Her
1: claim, basing her claim on the Targaryen you know, spoke in the wheel, but doesn't feel like any of the other spokes are legitimate. When, so she's going to destroy all those, but still. Right.
0: But those. the thing is, her all spokes the most legitimate, unless she comes back and conquers again, which yes, she is doing. So I'm okay with that. But but she has no other claim anymore, though. Yes, you're related to the person who used to rule, but not anymore. So bye. Yeah. Sorry. Yes, that annoys me. You also.
2: can't be a revolutionary with a hypocrisy. I mean, it's all the way through it you know karl marx hated workers unions because he didn't think workers had a right to speak because they weren't educated you know voltaire wrote this amazing treatise on education and then dropped his kids off at an orphanage so he didn't actually have to bother educating them it's all the way through great thinkers and leaders and all this kind of stuff
3: they're hypocrites it's the rules apply to everyone but them
2: (laughs) yeah exactly it's just the nature of of power I'm just very accepting of hypocrisy, apparently. Oh,
3: sorry. <laughs> well, it's all one thing to have great theories and great ideas, but still you want what you want, and you want to have power. So do the rules apply to you or not? Well, you know, it's all complicated.
0: <laughs> okay. Next up, we have King's Landing with Jamie and Cersei. So in this scene, Jamie tells Cersei that they won't stand a chance against the Dothraki and daenerys's three dragons she says that they can't sue for peace because cersei is actually sitting on dany's throne and jamie killed her father and as cersei said they either fight and die or submit and die
1: yeah i love cersei's fatalism in this like she wants to just go (laughs) down with the ship it's like i'm never gonna (laughs) kneel again i i am the queen i'm gonna die the queen in a blaze of fire like i love Lena Headey this, this season mm-hmm. she's just all out and her expressions are just like barely contain rage just like pouring out of every every part of her body like when she hears Tyrion's mm-hmm. name mentioned her face just like twists into utter loathing mm-hmm. and then she's like oh yep. you've spoken to our brother have you <laughs> that's so good
0: with this scene of- I actually thought she'd we'd get insane Cersei and I'm like no you're actually pretty with it okay
3: cool mm-hmm. I'm digging this and and I think it's interesting that this is the first moment where she doesn't actually think, I got this. You know, she's realizing when, when Jamie comes to her and says, We don't got this, we've lost. And and I it's an interesting moment, I think, you know. I did like also that um that the first thing Jamie says is that the Dothraki were really amazing in battle. And I, I like that. It wasn't just the fact that, oh yeah, the dragons killed us all. But, I mean, we we talked about this last week, how amazing the Dothraki were. And I love that Jamie stopped, you know, as the commander that he is and recognized that, you know, even without dragons, we'd be pretty fucked here. But with the dragons, we are really, really screwed.
2: <laughs> and to finish Cersei's quote, like, I disagree. I do think we see some of crazy Cersei uh, in this scene because the rest of that scene is like, I've made my decision. Um, no, I know my choice. A, shoulder, a soldier should know his. And she's back to putting Jaime in his place and asserting her power over him. You know, you see that that need for authority and even authority over her own family and, and her own lover as well. You know, she puts him right in his place to Cersei, thinking, you know, I should have been the one that had a sword. I should have been the one with a cock because I'm more of a man than <laughs> right. the men in my family.
3: At the same time, I really loved the looks on Lena Headey's face when they were talking about how Tyrion killed um, their father and Jamie telling her that it was Elena and that whole conversation and the looks on her face as it dawned on her that, oh, wait, maybe I was wrong here and maybe he didn't kill her. And yeah, it actually, and, and Jamie's like argument that Elena really did it and how it actually makes sense because let's face it, you know our son was a little right. crazy and and even she had to admit yeah that actually makes sense that whole argument and i love that whole little bit and just her just in her eyes you could see the conversation changing her and i love that
0: um, i think that scene was quite well done with how she's just like yeah. no but yes okay yeah oh uh, yeah no yes mm-hmm. okay fine he didn't do it okay <laughs> i thought it was she's... well done yeah
1: She's forced to reevaluate a lot of her decisions in the past few seasons. Right. Like she was hell bent on getting Tyr- revenge on against Tyrion, and then to realize he didn't kill Joffrey. It's like, oh, what That's was I doing all that time? It's it upends so many of her motivations. And the fact that she still wants to punish the Tyrells and kill Elena, even though the entire family is wiped out. It's like she keeps running along this path of vengeance, but there's just there's mm-hmm. no satisfying conclusion to it. It's just. a right a path to nowhere so I, I thought that was interesting as well where jamie's like
3: they're all dead there's nothing left to do and she doesn't know how to respond to that <laughs> like, but i need my revenge it's, it's sort of grief and
1: this is a theme in the like all throughout the books as well but it's just this theme of like grief sort of externalized into into rage and hatred and, and vengeance it's like you can't resurrect your children or you can't bring them back but you can punish those who hurt hurt you so it's such a twisted um sort of psychology
0: you know that psychology that actually really fits with Arya's character as well because we might not be getting lady stoneheart but we are getting Arya, and it really follows through with what she's doing or has done
1: it's interesting to see the lannisters now backed into a corner because they've been Mm -hmm. on top for so long but now they're facing you know they've sort of extinguished so many people so many lives so many houses but now they're coming face to face with their own destruction and i think um i think it was the av club they, they picked up on the fact that during the scene where Tyrion's sort of walking through the the uh the battlefield of all the dead bodies like the reigns of this sort of low tempo version of the reigns of Castamere starts playing yeah it was <laughs> uh, witnessing mm-hmm. the destruction of the
3: lannisters right
2: yeah, in my uh notes the first thing i wrote about that scene was um it was a reigns of Castamere reprise um
3: well which is they've been yeah, using yeah, they it do. non-stop they've been the using it non-stop this
2: season,
3: um yeah we've been seeing if... it in every episode hearing it
2: I, i'm waiting for the uh, argument between her and jamie Or her and someone Of just pointing out the fact Like if you weren't so hell bent On thinking it was Tyrion That killed Joffrey Tyrion wouldn't have killed your father (laughs) Exactly (laughs) You know You're kind of Mildly complicit In the death Of uh, of a parent
1: they wouldn't have had the trial with Oprah, and he wouldn't have died, and then the Sand Snakes wouldn't have killed Massala and then no. Tom, you know, yep, the, yep. Faith wouldn't have taken over, Tom <gasps> wouldn't have committed suicide. That's all. It's, it's True. the fuse that Cersei lit. It's the fuse she lit that undid her whole life. I hadn't... It was all for nothing, because Tyrion didn't do it. No.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, well, I hadn't even got th- like to that end point i was just like man i hope cersei realizes she's like it's her fault that Tywin is dead <laughs> nope it's all her fault
3: everyone's <laughs> <That> was... <dead. laughs> you
0: know, if she hadn't of blamed that death on Tyrion straight away the lannisters would still be on top or mainly on top because a lot of the people who supported um Supported Danny, actually, were originally Lannister supporters. So Dawn would have probably been supporting the Lannisters, and you'd have the Tyrells potentially still supporting the Lannisters because I imagine Marjorie might still have been Queen. But even if not, they would have had enough people to um, destroy the Tyrells first before Danny even thought of coming over if they had have found out earlier
1: and if you go back to the early seasons cersei wasn't as evil as she was in the books for example like mm-hmm. you know she didn't it was it was often joffrey that was doing the horrible things like killing the bastards and she was often she was always trying to keep him in check and torn between loving him but right. also realizing what a monster he was becoming but it's not until sort of the past few seasons sort of post Joffrey's death that she becomes really twisted Then she has the walk of penance and that really changes her and she finally blows up the sept and now she's a full blown monster but you see mm-hmm. this transformation over time because she's lost her children because she's held on vengeance it's, it's uh, quite pronounced and a lot of that's her own doing
2: and it's not just like I, I think those parts of her personality were always there, but with every tragedy that has happened to her, she is given the opportunity to act out her vengeance in a way that wasn't available to her before the tragedy, you know, before Joffrey's death. Joffrey didn't listen to her, so she didn't have the ability to act on it. You know, Tywin was keeping her in check. She was able to do some of those horrible things under Tommen because he was more malleable, but now without anyone... There, there's no kind of upper limit to what she can do now
1: yeah right and she was always constrained by having to wield authority through men like her father and her sons and all that or Robert but now that they're all dead it's just her you know unchecked basically she can do fulfill whatever want or need she desires
2: yeah, yeah like... it, it says the perfect example of soft versus high power she's had to wield soft power for most of her life and now she has hard power and
4: mm-hmm.
2: she's going batshit fucking crazy with it. She's wielding it in a way that she sees fit which is dangerous.
1: There's a nice parallel with Danny and Sansa because in some respects Sansa is this is her first shot at power now that Jon's gone. She has control over Winterfell and by extension the North and she's (laughs) Uh, much more restrained in it but also has these ambitions that she's not comfortable with and danny i mean i guess danny's had the most hard power for the duration of the show Mm -hmm. but she's struggling now as well um one because she doesn't necessarily understand the politics of westeros but two she almost has too much power and she's too willing to use it it's it's sort of too totalizing in its power it Mm -hmm. destroys everything there's no precision to it
3: at the same time, we can't really criticize Cersei too much because by the time she finally has the power to do anything, um, she's got this massive force coming in and attacking her, including dragons. So it's not like even if she was smart or good or a great ruler or whatever, like what could anyone? I mean, anyone in Cersei's position? You put John in Cersei's position, anyone? What could anyone do against Danny the Dothraki and the dragons? Never mind all the others that we've managed to kill. You know? So.
1: Which is the sort of the great, the great irony that mm-hmm. you can be the greatest manipulator and power player and puppet master like mm-hmm. Cersei or Littlefinger or Ares, but that's all rendered moot against the dragon. Against exactly. The weapon. Exactly.
0: Next up, we have Dragonstone, and this is the scene with Jon, Daenerys and Jorah. So we have Jon touching Drogon's face, and we also have Jorah being reunited with Danny.
3: Not exactly subtle. The stuff no. with with Jon and Drogon. like we're, we're not even being remotely subtle. I kind of wish it had been one of the other dragons, though, because then we could get the hint that maybe he'll ride one of them, but not subtle at all.
0: You know, this scene actually reminded me a lot of Quentin Martell in the books. I was like, are we going to get Roasty Toasty Jon? Yeah, oh, we yeah. you no, know, we're not getting that. You know we're not
1: getting that. It's <laughs> like, like, no, no, dragon, no, no. Don't
0: do that. And it would have been a really, really
3: cool Easter egg for <laughs> oh God, yeah. how'd he turn it off? <laughs> that would be how they'll get rid of someone.
1: <laughs> and it would be great. Um, were you guys... Was any, were any any of you guys irritated that Drogon wasn't majorly injured by the by the spear? Like, he seems fine. Like, I thought that was going to put him out of commission for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Super
2: myth. Super myth. He can fly. It's fine. It's, it, you right. can get shot directly into that part of a wing and be fine. No. B.S. Sorry, uh, no. Magic healing powers, apparently, like.
5: I've never met a dragon, so I wouldn't know how fast they heal and, and whether that's yeah. a critical part of its. I don't know. <laughs> we, Whatever.
2: Birds do heal very quickly, but dragons yeah, quick. aren't birds.
3: Yeah, I and it hasn't been 24 hours. <laughs> hasn't yeah. even been 24 hours, but yeah. Could be I, very I slow. like maybe maybe just
2: fortunate. like a yeah, or, or just like a, a kind of rough landing <laughs> like. Trogon just stacking it on the, uh, on, yeah, yeah as they land, come in. Um, you know, also, the yes. other thing that wasn't subtle is, uh, Jura's deep, deep jealousy of Jon.
0: Just
4: wraps up it's <laughs> right. like, oh,
2: fuck, <laughs> fuck, <laughs> you, don't. Again,
0: again? No, the thing is, it's another pretty boy. What the fuck, Danny? Right. What the fuck? <laughs> I told you to go get better. Total. I did. I came back and you with another pretty boy. Oh,
1: my
3: God. <laughs> She's. She's well, traded models, yeah. Well, I mean, come on. She's hot. It's not surprising she goes for the pretty boy over the loyal one. Come on. I mean, what do we I was, expect?
1: I was wondering if John was going to be like, didn't my father vow to execute you for slaving <laughs> when you fled the country? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Should I, am I supposed to kill you?
0: But the thing is, he, <laughs> didn't, he brought there. up, oh, I served under your dad. And I'm like, you're that, not bringing up the other bit, like yeah, the very relevant
3: bit. I didn't expect it. I I did like Danny's line, though, when she's talking to John, she says, sometimes strength is terrible. And I kind of like that when they're having that discussion over strength and power and what you have to do and how you can't help your people until you have the power. And I love that. Just that line. Sometimes strength is terrible. I loved it. I also liked how John avoided that question again of the knife to the heart there um what did what did he mean by that um um he talks a lot he he exaggerates and then he got interrupted again
1: <laughs> i thought that Demos was
3: is a poet it was
1: <laughs> so
0: funny no it's just like no danny you're not allowed to know that i'm a creepy dead person being brought back to life because then you won't marry me and exactly. then we won't have a un a united force so you're not allowed to know yet
2: how long till Dora oh, technically... realised that John is rocking uh, his dad's sword? <laughs> I know, <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time he unsheathed yep. It's like, wait, 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 what? Yep.
4: Mine!
0: Mine! No. I know. <laughs> like, he, style, doesn't even, he doesn't even offer to give it back, it's just like, no, this is mine, fuck you. Like, well, my sword is. now, yeah, bye.
1: I wouldn't give up a Valerian still, boy.
3: <laughs> Not after what he saw, what he could do with it. Come on, <laughs> at our home, you know. I also yeah. admit, I was, I was really hoping that Jorah would have just mentioned, oh, by the way, it was this guy, Sam, who uh, who saved me. Sam Tarly, and then Jon would have gone, oh, and they could have had a little bonding moment, but nope, we didn't get that.
0: No, they need to be angsty still.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and there, there might be, like, a road tripping scene next episode where they are, like, going along, just talking. And, and I was like, yeah, had Dragon Scale. This, like, nice guy Sam
1: got rid of him. Oh,
2: and just was like, oh, well, they, how is Sam? How's Gilly? You know, have a good old gossip.
1: They sailed, they sailed from Dragonstone to Eastwash. That probably took, like, three months. I'm sure they had time to talk.
3: Come on. On yeah. um, the show, it took five minutes come on it's the show <laughs> they t- they use little fingers teleporter and they're there already come on
0: <laughs> you know
4: fair
3: enough
0: with that now i'm just presuming that they're putting in all of the time leaps the time's still there it's just like every episode it's just like this scene is at this time and then presume the next scene takes place at a slightly later time that's right. why i'm dealing with the show right now because otherwise it would not work
1: two two years have passed this season so far yeah
3: probably and and, and that's fine i mean do we really want to also get
1: yeah i'm fine i'm I'm just joking
3: i
2: know it's true if if they had worked it out and like after every scene transition there was like three months later two weeks (laughs) later (laughs) ten days later it would be so frustrating
0: i'd actually find a 24 hour
1: clock in the corner
2: it'd be so funny
0: though or like a date in the corner that would be really funny. I'd love it. <laughs> um, oh, John, with that scene, and Danny is like, Oh, my dragons are my children. I could see John just thinking a little bit, being like, Damn, this chick's nuts. I need to get out of here. <laughs> yep. That's what I thought. I was just like,
2: Yeah, she's lost it, bro. Get out while you still can. No, John has a dire wolf. He totally gets
3: it. Like, <laughs> True. Anyone True. who's a
2: pet it's owner ours. is like, They're my baby. Um, but she has, like, Fair three point. dragons instead of, like, a direwolf. And if, if Ghost was around, John would just, like, put his <laughs> hand on him. He's like, I totally get it. You know, I mean, they grow it's, up not like so actually, fast.
3: <laughs> it's not like we've actually seen Ghost all season, but we know he's still there somewhere. Yep.
0: You hope. The next two scenes, the first one's at Winterfell with Bran, and we have Bran walking into at least one of the murder of crows, and he flies them north of the wall to scout the White Walkers, and he sees their army marching towards the wall. And then the next scene is at the Citadel with Sam and the Archmaesters, and the Archmaesters are all having a meeting and reading messages. One of them is from Winterfell, and that's actually about the scene we just saw with Bran walking.
3: (laughs) got
0: there so and fast so quickly and then sam <laughs> advises sam advises the maesters to listen to Bran's note and to urge every lord to send their men north to the wall and have every maester hunt through all of the books and scrolls to find a way to defeat the white walkers once and for all but that's poo-pooed by sam's mentor and they decide to just send for clarification from Winterfell before they do
3: anything else
2: well, I, I don't the clarification think clarification is a good move.
3: Sorry. Yes. I mean, Her- I feel like the brand scene, there isn't much to say. We saw lots of White Walkers. It was cool. The cinematography was amazing. We knew they were heading there. That's it. More of what to talk about is the Sam stuff, you know. Oh, uh,
2: but also with the brand brand things, like, I, I just mm-hmm. love that kind of, like, bugger off stare the Night King did. He's like, yeah, nice to Yeah, that yeah. That was cool.
3: That was cool. Yeah, Is strange. that because of the mark or just because he's so smart, you know, or because he's so active or whatever? Was it because of that mark that Bran has? We don't know.
1: I think uh, it's I think just,
3: he just because Raven. he has he's a
2: like... death stare to, like, end all death stares. Like, he could literally <laughs> be, like, the primary school teacher or something. Just, you will sit yeah. down and shut up.
3: Like, do it. Get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah. When the Archmaester was, like, talking about the history there, and there were, like, two stories he told, I couldn't hear the name of that first one he had told about. Did, did any of you catch oh, that? Oh, I, think... I
2: did. That there. was, uh, was Stones claimed descent from the Children of the Forest, which is bullshit, because oh. she didn't. Her, uh... oh, the ghost of High Heart who accompanied her was the child of the forest, so Jenny of Oldstones didn't say so she had descent, and Prophet Lodos um, was around during the time of Aegon the Conqueror, um, mm. and he believed that the dragon Good would rise up uh, in the form of a Kraken and d- destroy one of his dragons while he was riding it, and that didn't happen. Prophet Lodos was a descendant of Harren the Black, so he was just oh. like, not only am I a prophet, I could be a king, right. uh, and then like, 50 or 100 years later, you had, like, Lotos two who claimed to be, like, the reincarnated Lotos, the first one. And he was like, yeah, I'm king, and everyone's like, no, fuck off, you know, and then he was dead.
3: <laughs> yeah, I vaguely remembered that one. I couldn't remember the first story, and I couldn't get the name. I listened to it, like, six times, to What was the name?
2: <laughs> yeah, they, they they kind of just butchered Jenny of Old Stones a little bit, but not too much. Right. I still
3: liked it. I still liked yeah, it.
2: Yeah, I, 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 I like that kind of, like, chuckles of uh, idiots from history.
3: Right.
0: I
2: thought it was yeah. funny
0: that they were gossiping about everything. And it's like, Psh, no. And have you told him about his brother and his dad yet? No, sh, don't tell him. I'm t- going to tell him later. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Stop that gossiping. Was it's like the, it's the old town faculty meeting. All <laughs> these like, Bitchy teachers yeah. and professors trying to get tenure, trying to right. publish things.
0: <laughs> it really is. Serious note. I think their decision to send for clarification is probably the best one seeing as they don't 100% know or 100% believe in the White Walkers, it's actually the best decision because it's not completely brushing it off. You're still taking it as a possible threat, but you also aren't going to waste all of your resources on it.
3: Although at the same time, the answer to that question was standing right in front of them, because unlike anyone in that room, Sam has seen them. Now, maybe they think he's crazy, maybe they don't whatever, but we know the Archmaester doesn't think he's crazy. So why didn't I, – I was surprised we didn't get a scene where the Archmaester – because presumably this may be the last we see of the Archmaester, which is weird because why would you bring a great actor in for such a like – a role that may go nowhere. So I'm, I'm wondering if we're going to get they some follow-up. the follow same up. thing
2: with Ian McShane. <laughs> right,
3: yeah. right. I, I'm yeah. wondering, though, if they're going to go somewhere with this. Because remember, the last thing Sam said was, you know, go search through your... Through the, all the books you have And find a solution Now we know later on in the episode Sam's going to leave So that may be the end of it But I'm wondering if the Archmaester Once he gets the follow-up from Bran Will actually, you know, maybe later You know, maybe next season or whatever Will get some follow-up on this scene Where the Archmaester does send his people And they do come up with a solution Or is that just the end of it or, And then Sam's gone But we'll talk about that when we get to that scene, I guess Yes,
0: yes, 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 yes Sorry <laughs> I'm excited for that scene for Right, because
3: so much happened
0: and
1: it was so short i i I know i said i was gonna stop complaining about the distances but the white walkers have been marching for about (laughs) two seasons now and they They still haven't reached the wall they
3: move slowly you can't make them faster to be fair though to be fair, though, they've been heading that way in the books for five books now. So we, you know, you can't completely blame show yeah. for this.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, I question. Suppose. Do you think their bodies get frozen solid occasionally, so they need to wait a while and, like, chip each other up <laughs> and then keep walking? Because <laughs> that would make There's sense. Like a,
1: <laughs> it's like a white walker with a hammer. He has to, like, chip people off, like, scrape <laughs> their faces down. And...
0: <laughs> It'd be really cool if that's why yeah. it takes so long to march everywhere. <laughs>
1: Get, get Gary, we're frozen again. We're walking. Biter's <laughs> got frozen again.
3: I mean, yes. if you look at the map, that you know the the lands north of the wall are huge, and they're walking a long way. Maybe that's it.
0: Yes. <laughs> okay, next scene. So we have Dragonstone, and this one's with Varys and Tyrion. So we have Varys and Tyrion talking about how Danny didn't listen to Tyrion's counsel to not kill the Tullys, and how Tyrion is still at least in a way, culpable for Danny's actions. And they also need to figure out a way to make Daenerys listen to them. And the second part of that is with Jon, Danny, Davos, Ferris and Tyrion. And we have Jon finding out that Bran and Arya are still alive in a throwaway moment. And we learn that the White Walkers are marching on the wall. And Tyrion comes up with a plan to bring a White back to King's Landing and prove that the White Walkers are real and a threat.
1: I was really bummed that... John wasn't more like thrilled or at least surprised yeah, brand Just, and yeah I know. Ditto. Ditto, ditto. so annoying any,
3: although he did reaction. get really bad news he did get really bad news that they're moving to where torment is so but still yeah i wanted some reaction
0: yeah because it really was a throwaway scene it was like oh they're alive whatever next
1: yeah yeah because
0: it's not like,
1: like it wasn't like brand so- you know, Bran saw in a vision that the White Walkers are marching on Eastwatch? What does... Like, how does he process that?
3: <laughs> that that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. I mean... Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, bullet point one, Bran is alive. Bullet point two, he has visions. Bullet point three, he saw the White Walkers marching on the wall. And Arya's alive. It it and is alive. Too. Yeah, and Arya's <laughs> alive. Yeah, exactly.
3: That's all... That's uh, a lot to process.
1: No, like, um... It's just like, where's his character? He should be processing this it's just like plot point plot point plot point there's no there's no contemplation or
2: in the tv series uh uh, john actually knows that bran is still alive because sam tells him unlike the book yeah um i know but but yeah it's still like
1: he's beyond the wall he could be dead yeah it's like oh bran
2: got home bran has powers he saw something Arya is alive yeah i mean Arya alive would yeah maybe it's just john being john like even when he gets good news he's like all broody and shit And, like, you probably got, like, a line of good news and then, like, three (laughs) lines of, like, oh, we're fucked.
1: (laughs)
3: Well, I mean, it's Um, a lot at once, to be fair.
1: (laughs) Book five, when John is thinking about fake Arya, trying to, like, he... Alessandro sees the vision of the girl and the gray horse riding towards him like that's a huge moment for him like he's right. caught between you know remaining this neutral figure of the night's watch and have like all these re-emerging love for his family that he thought were dashed with the red wedding like that, that this this growth there and it's just just completely ignored on the show it's, it's bizarre to me like the all these amazing reunions are happening but they're so happening so fast and happening with so little sort of weight and, and context and yeah, it's just strange to me. Oh. Like, like last season, the the re- reuniting of Sansa and Jon was like I thought that was really well handled. Like, it was so, mm-hmm. yeah, so powerful, very so emotional. I they cried, running and you know, hugging each other, talking about what their experiences. Like, that's what I wanted to see with mm-hmm. all of the other Starks, but it's just yeah. there's just not enough time, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. No, um, with it as well with this scene we know john's getting awful news as well but they could have had a shot of him later on talking to davos or Tyrion about being like i can't believe they're still alive i can't wait to go home or even as they're leaving being like i'm going to be able to see my siblings soon like anything Mm -hmm. like just to be like i'm super excited about it i might not, not have shown it in the meeting but i'm so thankful they're alive
1: Like he could have had a conversation with Danny, which could have like brought them closer together where he's Mm -hmm. talking about, I thought they were dead. I want nothing more than to go back to Winterfell and hug them again. But it's my duty. I have to go to Eastwatch and and defend the North. Like that could have been a cool character moment where Mm -hmm. he's actually, they're building chemistry, but it's just, yeah, I don't know. Him
2: having a conversation with Davos, as Duncan said, like I want to see my family. I I need to see them, but I have these responsibilities to go North. Um, Right.
1: Yeah. and Davos could be like, I, I do anything in the world to see my son again, but I can't. But you can, you know, go to Winterfell. And he's like, No, but I have to go. Yeah, it's like, right?
3: Although, I don't know. Just, I, it's although, interesting. It, I, don't know. I feel like if if he really did think about it enough, he would have to go home. I mean, he would have to. And he, yeah. and and story wise, we need him to get to Eastwatch. We need the big big battle. We're gonna get next episode. You know, that's clearly like the centerpiece of the season. So. Right. I mean, uh, this is exactly. this is one of the problems that you have when we're trying to get to lots of things happening very quickly that sadly these character moments have to unfortunately fall to the wayside because otherwise John wouldn't go to East watch. You know, he would be going home to see Arya. He would be doing that stuff. And, and you know, story wise, I mean, I, I feel like the writers are now in this because they have like what? We're down to uh, eight episodes left of the show, right? They kind of don't have time for those moments, unfortunately. Well, here's the thing. So
5: do we think that this is them following
3: George's notes
5: still? I don't know. Do they, is this know. still a thing? Or is this them just we coming don't. up this is a cool idea, we're doing this, and they're just doing it regardless of whatever else is happening? Because I think they kind of just wrote <laughs> themselves into a corner of the and – and they, they, for some reason, they think this has to be the way we do, we're doing things with this plot. We're taking it in
3: this, this direction no matter what. Sadly, and, we don't know. <laughs> and we won't know for a probably... this, this is a really stupid <laughs> direction they're going. Right. At the same time, this probably won't even be in Wins. This is probably in Dream of String, Spring territory. So we may not have an answer to this for another God knows Eight years. <laughs> twenty. I'm betting twenty. I, I, I'm trying to be nice. here. I'm trying to be optimistic.
2: <laughs> no, I, I agree with with being like I, I'm. I, I don't even think don't Arya will ever get back to Winterfell. I, I'm not convinced of that at all. What? In the books, I, I don't. Oh, right. Yeah. I, I, right, I'm. Right. I, I don't have that warm and fuzzy. Oh. Like I, I don't think she will get back home. I, I think that's going to be the heartbreaking part of her story. Is that she's never able. Maybe. To, to get home because all of her story is doing a weird loop to get home kind of thing and, and, and that's never going to happen. So I don't think that in the books I'm going to get a John and Arya moment and it would have been really nice if they did it in the show just so Arya could be like, look, I kept Needle and Jon's like, wow, that's so cool!
0: Um, yeah. Uh, it's... It is yeah, really I, I, the
1: other the other complaint I guess is they're doing too much fan service. It's mm. like, wouldn't it be cool if these things happen? But it doesn't necessarily suit the journey that the characters are going on. Oh, but Gendry gets a hammer, but oh. I
2: don't get John and Arya reunited.
3: <laughs> no, we're gonna get. We're doing right. Gendry, we will. Doing we will. Really we will.
2: No, John
3: and Arya. Yeah. We will. We're mean, not there Gendry
2: yet. Gendry and Arya is gonna be if they do meet up, it's going to be weird and sexual and I'm not okay with that. But in the book
0: that was originally going to be John and Arya, weird and sexual. So might be slightly better.
3: This is true. (laughs) (laughs) I really loved Varys talking about his regrets about when he served Aegon and the whole bit where he was like, I I convinced myself that it wasn't my fault, but It kind of was, but he doesn't say that. You know, I really loved that old bit. And I also loved all the little bits of history we're getting, particularly like this bit with Varys, but a lot of it, you know. And I I also liked the little bit when when Varys goes, yeah, we got the scroll. And of course, you know, it's sealed. What are you talking about? Tyrion's like, okay, what does it say? He's like, "Uh, nothing good. I love that. Yeah, that
1: was
3: good. It was a really good good that, Like the
1: characters the characters are trying to learn from history. They're trying to learn from their past mistakes, so history doesn't repeat itself. I mm-hmm. thought that was good. And the idea of the, the council is trying to trying to manage this thing, and ultimately your your job is to give the best advice, and that's that's what he has to do basically. He yeah. can't make Danny do something, but he can try, mm-hmm. and, you know, curb them, curb her towards the right path.
3: The other yeah. thing I thought was really weird was how we in this scene, something we haven't talked about yet, is how you know suddenly the entire narrative changed in this scene where we've we've had this war between Danny and Cersei and suddenly out of the blue because of this note Jon has convinced Danny to put the entire war on hold which yeah. I mean, that's kind of a major bit. Like we've just changed the entire course of the season now because they were heading for major conflict, and suddenly because of this note. And I'm and I'm not clear. Like, does Danny really believe John? And suddenly, out of the blue, after this note, she does. But she was dubious earlier. Why does she believe him now? If she does, like, because what's... she has the hots for him. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I feel like it hasn't been earned on the show. You know, here where like you know she suddenly decides okay i'm gonna sue for peace with her to beat the white walkers but yet 10 minutes ago i was like destroying all my enemies like it just seems to come out of nowhere and it's weird i think one
1: i think one she has come to trust Jon snow Mm -hmm. Uh, you could argue whether that's credible or not but like she has come to trust him she believes you know Tyrion's vouching for him you've got these messages blah 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 and the other thing is i guess the battle from last episode was incredibly damaging to the lannisters so maybe she doesn't see them as much of a threat like cersei mm-hmm. still has king's landing but their army has essentially been obliterated
0: yeah i could see that I could see
2: and
1: that. if Tango has told
2: us anything the power of the smolder is strong <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: But he's not smoldering at her. It's more like smoldering into the distance.
1: <laughs> and like, best kind of
0: into the distance staring does not do it for me. Like, I'm watching a Korean drama at the moment, and the lead guy, he is selling it on his creepy stairs. And I'm like, bro, 110%, you are winning. Like, you are winning the game. I believe you that you love this chick. I'm like, with Danny and John, I'm like, Neh.
3: Yeah, yeah. It, just, it just seemed to be such a, I mean, if you think about it realistically, it's a dramatic change in the storyline of this entire season. We just went from, I'm going to destroy them, to, hey, let's sue for peace because we have to fight the White Walkers. And it doesn't feel like it was earned at all because it doesn't seem like there's any real reason for it other than, you know, they're hot for each other maybe, but... I don't know. Yeah,
1: it it hasn't it hasn't been earned. Like Danny so? had to be shown something to believe this.
3: Right, which we're gonna get hopefully, you know, after the big battle next episode. But which is hard. It's too which is hard
1: to do because she's so separated from where the White Walkers are. Right. She can only go on Jon Snow's okay, so, you know, you testimonies.
0: Good. My serious point is that with them sending people off to patch your white and bring it back for Cersei to prove that it is real. I don't think Danny should be a hundred percent drinking the Kool-Aid. Exactly. And that she should still be suspecting that it's not real. So I think she should be sending Jorah off because she does trust him to bring back a white or to at least say, Yes, it is real. I have seen them. And right. then she can trust John and then send people and then sue for peace. Uh,
3: exactly. Like I feel like that whole bit with Tyrion and Jamie should have happened after You know, John presumably comes back with a with a white like that would have made much more sense to me then, because then everyone is on board, you know,
0: that's what I thought, too. With that scene, I was just like, shouldn't this be done afterwards? Because you're putting them in a lot of danger right now to be like, maybe this will happen,
1: right? Yeah, that, that would have synthesised the, the threat of the, the White Walkers far more quickly if he brought two whites when he went to Danny. Yeah. This is the evidence that there's an army uh, of the dead. Right, and then she could believe it more quickly, and she could start to contemplate it more quickly. She could still have the the um, the conflict with having to deal with Cersei, but she knows in the back of her head there's a real threat, a greater enemy mustering. But it's just she hasn't really received any proof. She believes it far too easily. I think a lot of characters believe this Army of the Dead thing far too easily. Right. Like Gendry and Jorah are like, you know, I've got to go and defend the realm. It's like, what are you talking about? You have no idea what (laughs) what, what the White Walkers are. I think Gendry
0: is is more like, I just want to get the hell out of here. I don't give a shit. I'm going.
3: Right. Yeah. I I I feel like... let, let's be honest that the whole time, pacing of this season is based around where we want to put the major battles and let's face it you know you're not going to get a better moment in the whole season as amazing as the battle with the dragons was last episode I'm hoping that our battle with the White Walkers next episode will be like the set piece of the whole season so it makes sense they didn't want that in episode 3 that they want to save that for the penultimate episode which is always the big one on the show you know we've had how many great ones so I get that the problem is it's forcing them to do things out of order and it makes the whole narrative bizarre because it's like you said it's not earned yet
1: you know i mean they don't have to venture out and confront the entire army to get whites they could just have a few dead bodies in the ice cells like they do in the books and just when they reanimate them pack them into a crate if they get reanimated for proof which is what he was sort of trying to do in book five. Like he was trying to trying to get proof of whites it's to, to take. But obviously he got stabbed. And, you know, we don't know what what happened with those whites. But I mean, but at the just...
3: same time, we know they wanted they wanted that massive battle. I mean, whatever is going to happen next episode is going to be, I hope, amazing. And we're all going to be raving about it next week. So I get that they wanted to do this. So. But but
1: you can still have the massive battle. You just have the whites attacking the wall. Like it, you yeah, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me why you know ten guys are venturing out to take on the whole army of the dead by themselves. Yep. Like, it, it, it's so dangerous.
3: We're gonna get them attacking the wall soon anyways. So no, that's another. Yeah. With,
1: that's, no, I know. But that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like the set pieces are dictating characters' actions right. rather than the. Other I, ones. And I agree. In this case particular. Sorry, and in this episode, especially in this episode, that becomes very clear because mm-hmm. the motivations and the, the, the decisions and the reactions to things just don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um, with them sending out a bunch of people, I'm just like, actually, I think that the adrenaline, the adrenaline junkies, and they're all like, let's go out, let's do it. Woo.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. The dude
2: See, bros. Danny has sent Jura out to bring back a white, but Jura comes back as a white
3: yes oh no oh no
1: that would be good actually i'd be down that would be a, <laughs> a cruel twist yeah
3: it would be a nice twist if one of the seven ends up becoming the white they bring back yeah. i hope so, but this
2: episode has proven that the writers are incapable of actually killing
3: off named well, characters well, we're not <laughs> yeah. it's, we're getting to the end of the season now that makes though, sense, so that, that makes sense. Uh, the next two episodes are the ones we kill everyone good come on it's always that way Six in the last two episodes, we get the big deaths. I mean, one of those seven at least is not coming back, and probably two or three, let's be honest.
0: You know, you I really kind of
3: Derek or Soros dies.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those two that crack it, but I'm kind of hoping Tormund does and they bring Tormund back as a light, because then you'd have like oh. a massive big tall hairy white. So that'd <laughs> no, be really see, funny.
2: If you want the the taller person at Sandor. And I am very happy with his
3: death. No, I, no. I am Sandra.
0: not yeah, happy
2: yeah, his death. Yeah, oh, oh, I, they brought him back.
3: Like, don't kill him off straight away, please. Oh, and then we get, now we can get white we cl- 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 ball.
1: Oh, <laughs> God. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down.
3: That's exactly <laughs> what's happening. White Klugain ball. It. Yes. We've, We've cracked got, it. We've got two zombies fighting. Yes. <laughs> Damn it. Damn <laughs> it. Oh,
0: come on.
1: That's great. Making zombie noises. <laughs> yeah, that's his, that's his uh, catchphrase. <laughs> oh, scary. <laughs> uh, should, should okay. okay. On to King's
3: Landing? That's my moment of the episode.
0: <laughs> Moving on. We are now going to Winterfell, and this is with Sansa and Arya. So some of the Northern Lords and the Lords of the Vale try to crown Sansa Queen in the north, but she shuts them down, and Arya accuses Sansa of coveting Jon's throne so weird (laughs) i actually really liked how santa shut them down because she listened to them and she's like no john's still your king sorry no bye and i thought it was really well done from a political perspective being like i need to listen to you so i know for a later date what your qualms are and i can use that to try to stop you from leaving then so I don't get why Arya tried to pick a fight with yeah. Sansa about listening to them. I don't think she should have done that. But I think saying, I think you might want the throne, yes, she can say that. Right. But I still don't see yeah. her reasoning for thinking that Sansa wants John's throne.
2: Because she's yeah, watching the... Sansa and she can see her ambition. Um, right. But there's but also, the... I, I think like this this scene showed a really great element of sibling rivalry between them still, like, they haven't completely got over what they were, you know, the, their previous relationship, it's not like it started afresh, it, it, it still has all its hang-ups and all the the nitpicking and
3: and just, like, her superiority
2: bullshit. yeah, like, and, and, and Arya pulls her up, like, she said, you always liked nice things, like, Arya even has an mm-hmm. issue that she's in uh, you know, her parents' room room where santa could have turned around and said you know john gave it to me because i can't sleep in my room because of horrible horrible memories
0: mm-hmm. yeah um, and i think she yeah, should but... have said that though because i think that yeah. is one of the reasons why Arya thinks she wants to be queen because it's no it's because i was raped and that's the room i was raped in mm-hmm. so i need a new room and this one was free
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. aria is very She's become very barbed and she's struggling to talk to people. And I think they're both struggling to become a family again, like mm-hmm. they're just out of rhythms and they're very untrustworthy of other, other people and very hostile I because 'cause they've been but they've both suffered so much at the hands of others. So I think the animosity makes sense. I I am with Sansa, like I think she handled things mm-hmm. fine, you know, she has to placate the lords, she has to keep things on an even keel. No, the answer is not to start lopping off the heads of your bannermen when mm-hmm. they when they disagree Wait, with because you. Because if you so do I'm, that
0: you have a Rob situation and goodbye yeah. all of your cast arcs.
1: Exactly. Well, or you have a Danny situation where she's yeah. What? So I, I think it', it I get the I get where the animosity is coming from from Arya, but I, I'm with Sansa. Well,
3: I feel like we're getting you know we've seen a lot of times in these discussions of all the different characters who's good at fighting wars and battles and who's good at the politics. You know, we talk about like Tyrion may not be good at war, but he's good at the politics, and Sansa is not good at war. She is not a fighter, but she has learned the politics from the best. You know, we can argue whether that's earned or fair or not, but but on the show, they're clearly going there and she knows what she's doing. And like we said, she handled the families well. And Arya, you know, she's learned how to be a fighter, an assassin, a killer, a, you know, and she's saying, stop them. Don't don't let them talk their shit. Just just sh- shut them down. And, you know, is saying that's not the smart way to do this, you know, and, and she's right. And, and it's nice to see Sansa for once, you know, we, we, we talk about how often she doesn't play smart or she doesn't know as much as she thinks she does. But here she is doing the right thing, as we've kind of agreed. Right. And, and it's good to see Sansa learning that. And yet Arya can see her ambition and Arya knows to, how to read body language and Arya knows how all those other tricks she's learned over the years. And so she's still a little dubious and that'll lead us into a later scene.
0: With Arya, you're saying reading her body language. I wonder if it's more like Arya's listening to the Lord's talk because you. I think Littlefinger is sowing seeds of discontent and framing it that Sansa wants to be queen to the other lords, like the Lords of the Vale, and that might be why Lord Royce came forward saying, we came here for you. I want you to be our queen more than anything else.
2: Oh, it's definitely established in the latest thing that uh Little, little fingers, fingers. In, yeah little finger um royce and umber uh all in league with each other and and that's all part of, of little fingers plan it's the problem with like so many tv series it's like if you just had a human fucking conversation these problems <laughs> wouldn't arise between you but then there'd be no conflict i'm cool with that
1: yeah
0: because then we wouldn't have stupid fights so
1: <laughs> I'm surprised yeah. we haven't seen more of Arya and Sansa talking about their ex- like what they've gone yeah. through. Yeah. You know, what happened to you after King's Landing? Where did you go? How did you survive? What happened to you? Again, I can I guess, imagine they I don't want, want to talk seen about it. it.
3: They don't want to talk about yeah, it. That's I mean, true, yeah, that's true. Do you like talking about your traumas? Your your horrible. I mean, you know, how many rape victims really want to talk about having been raped? You know, I mean, it takes a lot to get people to open up. And you know, for all that. You know, who knows how much time has really passed here, but you know, they've only just seen each other for a few days maybe, maybe a week to be suddenly like, "Oh yeah, and I was raped." That's not like, you know, that's heavy conversation and they don't still trust each other yet. So, it makes sense well, I, that they haven't had that conversation yet, you know? Not not that
1: specifically, but any kind of just like mm-hmm. bonding, any kind of I just, yeah. you know, do you remember when this happened? Just like you sort of think with Sansa and John, just mm-hmm. some kind of Again, I guess it is. The point is that they're very closed off and they're not quite trusting each other. But I just, I'm surprised I haven't seen some of them talking. They haven't really exchanged many words Mm -hmm. so far.
2: Yeah, I do think it's all gonna come out. Um, I I definitely think that that there will be an argument between the two of them, and they'll put it together. Like that's, and and that's where the information will come out. That's, you know, it, it won't be like a let's have a sit down adult conversation about this let's you know be siblings and scream with each other and learn more about each other that way which
0: also would be very rewarding because that's you see that a lot when they were younger so i'd be happy with that because you get to see them being like no we're still kids what the fuck are you doing mm-hmm. in a way too <laughs> yes so this one's king's landing and we have davos smuggling Tyrion into King's Landing to meet with Jaime. Bron leads Jaime to Tyrion under the Red Keep, and Tyrion tells him of Danny's potential offer of suspending hostilities under certain terms. We then have Davos finding Gendry, working as a blacksmith for the Lannister forces in Flea Bottom. Gendry drops everything to leave King's Landing with Davos and is ready to go in under a minute, making sure to grab his warhammer. Davos and Gendry are readying their boat to leave when some of the gold cloaks come upon them and Davos bribes them to get them to leave but as Tyrion comes back they stop and come back towards them and he destroys that plan and we have Gendry killing both of the gold cloaks very quickly and we have Jamie telling Cersei about Tyrion's message and Cersei saying she already knows about it and that they need to fight like their father and we also have Cersei dropping the bomb that she's pregnant and wants Jamie to be known as the father.
3: Yeah, a lot happens in this bomb in this se- long scene, set of scenes. Oh.
0: There is so much that happens in it, but I was so excited with Davos and Gendry. I was like when they had yep all of the steelwork, I'm like, it's Gendry, it's Gendry, it's Gendry, it's Gendry. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs>
3: and it was. It, well, let's be honest, though. Even if you hadn't seen the leaks earlier and whatever, I mean, I, I admit I had seen pictures. There were pictures posted of Gendry on the beach, the, the three of them on the beach. So I knew this was coming. But if you didn't, even if you didn't see that, the opening credits gave it away because Joe Dempsey's name was in them. So, <laughs> Yep.
0: They need to have those as the ending credits instead of the opening ones because it does wreck surprises like Mm -hmm. that. Exactly. (sighs) But still, I was so excited.
3: Were any of you surprised? I missed Uh, his
0: old haircut. I know, this one looks a bit weird.
3: (laughs) Yeah,
1: I agree. (laughs) I I was more just like perplexed at what their plan was. The fact that they just wrote a rowboat up lands it right next to the red keep just waltzed in you know isn't Tyrion like the most wanted man yeah, in
0: Westeros?
3: exactly <laughs> and the Pretty thing
0: is much. he's very distinguishable as well it's like he didn't just lose half of his face he lost half of his face and he is considerably shorter <laughs> than most of the population like it's
1: like, it, very it obvious it wasn't i mean I, I like that Davos said, you know, I haven't been here for years. My smuggling days are over. They won't recognize me. But Tyrion, I mean, he's, yeah, it's it's crazy to me the way he just. I mean, I I, I, I started laughing when he just waltz past, waltz past the red cloak, red cokes What are they called? Yeah. The gold cokes. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think
3: like, like, just... he ends up in the dungeon. He he literally goes right like in. He sneaks in and goes underground and meets him. So that part was fine. I would never problem with that. My problem was at the end when like you know we had that whole little negotiation between davos and them and then Tyrion's off in the up on the like little cliffs there and instead of just saying oh crap i better hide he just walks up behind them and it's like um you could have avoided this entire scene and oh yeah they wouldn't be dead now if it wasn't being an idiot (laughs)
1: yeah that's what i that's what i was talking about like why didn't he hide behind some bushes or something
3: i was expecting (laughs) him to dive into the bushes and just be like oh Mm -hmm. safe but of like, course we needed we needed to see Gendry with the warhammer, so that's why. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
1: was, I guess it was sort of I guess it was supposed to be like a secluded beach and like guards weren't supposed to be there and I don't know. And, and then we find out later that Cersei was aware of the whole thing the whole time.
3: <laughs> well, she discovered it probably after. I mean, like right after. After. Oh, okay. I'm guessing she got right. the news right after because we don't know how much time passed there either. So.
2: I also though, that you get to see davos playing his smuggling skills like just he knows the lake of the land like he's like oh i will bribe I you he knows how to hide things within the boat when they're searching a boat um yeah. you just see him play it so smooth and you're like oh davos that's I know. I know. And, and, and it's like another scene like another couple of scenes where he gets the best lines um you know what happens if someone steals the boat? Well, then we're fucked.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All that Davos is light in this scene and in so many others, people have joked, you know, we've talked about how he might be comic relief and whatever. He still gets some of the darker lines. I mean, like when he says to Tyrion, oh yeah, last time I was here, you killed my son with wildfire. Like, that's pretty yeah. dark, you know? And I and I like that. I like that little callback that he hasn't forgotten that, that well, I mean, in the books, it's several of his children, but I don't know if on the show we think it may only be one, but still, like, you know, oh, yeah, Tyrion, we're on our own same side here, but, yeah, you killed my son right here. So, I, I like that.
2: Mm. Oh, yeah. oh, and other great lines, he's like, wasn't sure I would find you, thought you might still be rowing. Yeah, they were yes. the <laughs> uh, uh, that I think that fandom. And the mess- best one was the uh, nothing fucks you harder than time. <sighs>
3: mm-hmm. yep, yep. Yep.
0: No, but with the still yep. rowing one, I've, I thought it was so funny because I'm like, yeah, because all of the fans thought he might still be rowing, and that's been an ongoing joke for how long? Well, to oh, yeah, be fair, it's that, a, that like
2: pushed the suspension of uh, disbelief when it came to, like, just when it came to the whole thing. Like, don't have Davos say something exactly the same as the fans say it.
1: Mm-hmm. it yeah, it got it got a bit winky. Yeah, I, I, I,
3: I thought worry. it was okay. And, I didn't and think, then it
2: was the warhammer, yeah. and I, I I know I should have cheered, but it actually made me groan. Oh, oh just like I was a, expecting. I was expecting him. Has a warhammer. I,
3: like, I loved
2: it. <laughs> oh, all he needs now is a helm with fucking antlers on it. He can pretend to be, you know, the lightning knight, the laughing storm. Sorry, the laughing storm. My bad.
0: (laughs) No, I was expecting him to grab his bull's helmet because I can't remember what happened to it and whether or not he still has it. But he could have made a new helmet, and I could have been cool with that.
3: Was it the same Warhammer that his father had, or is it a new one?
0: I think he made it. He
3: probably made it, yeah.
2: He has made it, but uh, people have looked at, like, stills from the episode, and it has antlers on it.
3: Ah, The
0: Warhammer has antlers on it.
2: Yeah, like uh, just where it meets the um there's like these imprint or like a I, I don't know metalworking terms. That's so stupid. Etchin. I know uh, it's so stupid like... that a bastard is just like he literally finds out why he's there, who his father is, like with the red witch, and then he's like, I'm gonna embrace my Baratheanness. No, you're still a bastard sick. <laughs> so no so... And you have no ad- Yeah.
1: So when he hits someone, it just leaves a little antler stamp. Say for
3: Robert. For Robert. It's
1: his his signature. Yes,
3: please. You know, I wonder, speaking of Gendry, I wonder if this is going to be where he eventually heads in the books. Like, since, you know, he is with the Brotherhood, will he end up... Like if the Brotherhood ends up kind of going north as they are on the show, I'm wondering if that's where Gendry will join in. And they kind of just did that little detour to get sucked out by the leeches or, you know, or if they're going to do something totally different with them in the books. But I don't know.
1: Well, Beric is dead in the book. So it's just
3: Lady Stoneheart leading. the true. Brotherhood.
1: True, true. Gendry's yeah. with them. I think, I think the twins are the most immediate target of mm-hmm. Lady Stoneheart's intentions. But yeah, I could see them going back north. In the long term. Her, her sort of brain dead yeah. needs to return to Winterfell and he takes... The, yeah. Brain dead for preservation. Isn't the
2: Brotherhood without banners now quite fractured? You have Lady Stoneheart's group and then you have a secondary group that are doing kind of the original thing. They're less vegancy and more help the small folk. Yeah, and...
1: Um, or... Yeah, Thoros.
0: Yeah, Thoros seems
1: to oh, be no, more no. like... He's, no, no, he's with... No, he's with Lady Stoneheart. He's with Lady Stoneheart, But
0: yeah. I think Thoros is more like, what the hell are you doing to Lem- Lemon Cloak when he comes back with the Hound's Helmet? So I think, yes, he is still with Lady Stoneheart, but I don't think he likes what's going on with them at all. No. I think he's right. like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? You guys are nuts, and this is not what we stand for.
3: I, I liked that Bron was the one who set up the meeting. You know, I like that, you know, Tyrion still has that link with him. I, Lord knows how he would have contacted him, given that he was in the sewers. But and, and you know, I think we kind of have to just allow that. But I still loved it. Like, you know, Bronn going, OK, I put you two together. I'm working for both of you over the times. And now I'm going to leave you two alone. <laughs> I liked it.
1: I think for the for the meeting of for the meeting of Jaime and Tyrion, and braun it fell a little flat it was incredibly was flat more, yeah yeah like i think i think the like the actors tried to do tried to get something out of it right. um Tyrion got quite emotional like yeah. jamie was like mulling that. things over quite intensely but i think the actual writing was, was just yeah uninspired
3: yep i like Tyrion's side of it i thought jamie needed a little more reaction but i thought Tyrion. i mean i really like that whole bit of you know you know I, I was the monster and all that. I, I liked I liked his whole bit there. And I also liked that Tyrion gave Jamie credit for being a bit better military leader with that whole strategy at Casterly Rock a few episodes ago. I liked that.
1: Yeah, that was nice. Like, he was trying to, I don't know, just trying to be brothers again, trying to, like, get him back on his side. But I guess just too much has happened. They can't be like they were, mm-hmm.
3: be the same as they were. But yet it worked. I mean, in the end, Jamie does Good. go... Well, okay, the well, plan worked, yeah. I mean, Jamie does go to her and says, hey, we should do this, and until, you know, well, the rest of the conversation we'll get to in a few minutes, but, you know, it he did he did accomplish what he intended to, so.
2: Let's start the second part. <laughs> the maybe baby is the valencar, because Sessies uh, <laughs> only meant to have three kids, and the valencar is the younger sibling, and suddenly he's going to strangle her, and Ooh.
0: You know, her
2: infection does that. No, I'm uh, expecting... Sorry, deathbed.
3: There's no that Valencar kid's never going show. to be
0: born, though, is what I think is going to yep. happen. Like,
3: exactly. miscarriage or Cersei's killed. She's going
2: to die during birth, and that is how Cersei shall die. She now has, like, eight months to live.
1: I've I've heard speculation that it'll be a dwarf, and it'll you know, she'll <laughs> die in the miscarriage.
3: Ooh, uh, that would be amazing. <laughs> that would really be the Valencar, oh, no. then. Then it will be the Valencar.
1: Well, it would be a low- what if it like what if she miscarries and it becomes like a white and
3: starts like tearing up- her? Oh, <laughs> we have that. Like on Game <laughs> of Thrones. Well, have, that'd be amazing. They did, Sorry. Did it on Walking Dead. Yeah. Zombie Walking fetus. Game I don't watch um, The
0: Walking Dead, so they can do that for me. I'm down for it.
2: It's we were having a, a chat on our spoiler thread, and someone put uh, up was a hybrid because he's like he. Uh, offers Cersei something he's like do you want something for it and any other maester you would be like oh something for morning sickness but Kaiban's like do you need some tansy tea
3: <laughs> ah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> here's the fundamental question is Cersei really pregnant or is she faking it to get Jamie? that could be possible I mean I hate to say it because you know yeah.
2: I of that option is it a phantom pregnancy? And they're using like Mary the First of England as an example, where someone who just needs a, another child so much, which which Je- like Cersei does to continue the Lannister line, she needs to have a child.
3: I mean, um, and think about so how she ph- has
2: convinced herself that she is pregnant and is showing mm-hmm. symptoms of pregnancy.
3: I mean, but think of how it changes everything instantly, because Jamie up until now is like, we have nothing to fight for, it's just us, and that's it. And now suddenly, Jamie has something to fight for again. You know, that changes everything for him. He was saying, let's give in, and now suddenly she's like, no, no, we'll pretend, but we're gonna fight them, and Jamie's Jamie, at least from his body language and his looks and his face, facial impressions, he's all in now. He was totally like, okay, I'm, he was trying to talk Cersei out of this, and suddenly he's all in again, which it, it worked. Whether it was real or not, it worked.
1: Yeah. That's true, yeah. Him back on her side.
2: Cersei, with the, you know, he's like the first thing, she's like, well, are you going to punish Bronn for betraying you? And yeah. Jamie's like... Wait, is that betrayal? Uh, and then they have that nice hug, and she's like, "And you mm. never betray me again." You're like, "Fuck me, Cersei." Like, Ooh. no, no that but was a, feels, the timing
3: that was has so she, strange. has has he ever betrayed her though? Right, has I didn't get that line. But, like, but she
2: lays out the argument for betrayal as setting up a meeting with the enemy, guess, and yeah. going to that meeting behind your leader's back. Therefore, like that's what Bronn had done with Tyrion, right. Right. and she but sets she, up that yeah. argument. But Jaime then, by having a meeting behind Cersei's back with Tyrion and coming to her with that information, he's done exactly the same thing to her as what Bronn had done to him. Like, that's what except she's that, saying. Oh,
3: except that he didn't know what he was getting into until it was no, too late. No, but
2: he didn't just leave. Like, he just didn't leave yeah. and say, fuck you, Tyrion, or didn't kill Tyrion on sight, which he has said in the past he wants to do. She lays out the argument for Jaime's betrayal when she talks about Bronn. That is right. her so, argument. So you guys,
1: so you guys think that she didn't know when it was happening? She only found out once Bronn informed her that they'd had a parley. I, th-
3: I, I hope.
1: <laughs> okay, because like- it doesn't make a lot of sense for her to know Tyrion's there and to let him go, exactly. because he would be a valuable hostage.
0: I think it'll be Kyburn told her and told her afterwards, or or Tyrion had already left before she found out
3: about it regardless of whether Tyrion's a good hostage I mean you know she still would never have let Tyrion go just for personal reasons you know there's no way she would have so I can't imagine if she knew she let it happen you know
1: well that that's what I thought but it seemed like Cersei's more willing to now that she knows how strong Danny is she's more willing to to negotiate with her she talks about like she wants to win like their father would you know let Danny become Queen but they can slowly assume power around the margins and, and rebuild their dynasty so I wasn't wasn't clear whether yeah
0: you know she, I didn't think was that was again. what she was on about because I I immediately flashed back to the red wedding and was just like exactly. so you're going to have a stab first okay
1: yeah or that yeah eventually Lure her into a false sense of security, yeah. And yeah. massacre, or yeah. Yeah, I don't,
3: I don't think she's going for the long game here. I think she's like, we'll, we'll sue for peace now, but we'll get her. You no, know? like, like I don't think we're looking right. for like something like you know, ten years down the line. I think she's, yep. she's thinking more immediate than that.
2: I think and it's I, probably within this the. That's why I think she's year. actually pregnant.
3: Right. Exactly.
2: Yeah, I think she believes that she's pregnant because in the scene before with her and Jamie, she's like, I'm gonna fight till I fucking die, like. I am in this, exactly. no surrender, no holds bar war on Danny. And then in this scene, she's like, well, a break wouldn't be too bad. I mean, we could use the time.
1: Yeah. Um, that, that's a good and point. And that's the time, time for her to
2: give birth, yeah, and, and establish an heir. Yeah, we, we, without without an heir to the Lannister dynasty, there is no point. As soon as they die of war or even old age, Danny is going to like is going to get on the throne that way.
0: Unless she's already
2: to, dead. Unless she's already dead, but even just giving Cersei time to show that she's pregnant and, and be physically seen to be pregnant is enough to reinforce her claim on the throne.
3: Yeah. Um, well, she has she no it? claim on the throne. She has no claim on the throne. Let's be honest. Her perceived her claim, on, claim on the throne. And, when when yeah, in Western he, history has the wife of a king gotten... I mean, she has no claim whatsoever on the throne unless you argue that she got it by right of conquest in the same way that her husband did. Because, I mean, let's face it, I mean, a wife has no claim on the throne. Why would she? Why would she have it? You could argue, though, that Robert stole the the throne and that's theoretically what she did, although she's never admitted that that's what she did and that she burned the Sept
1: I think it is sort of by right of conquest, like in, in sort of on the legal documents, it probably says she's Lord Protector until an heir can be established or something. But yeah, I, don't, I think she's just sort of the closest thing and she's enforced her will and the blowing up of Deceptive Baylor was like, you know, I'm in charge now. So it is ultimately by right of conquest. Right. And, it, you know, I guess everything's so... Destabilized and fractured, that there is no—it's anarchy basically. Mm-hmm. So there's no rightful claimant can be appointed. She's gotten people to declare loyalty to to her and swear their oaths, and so she's there. Kind of, she's reestablished a dynasty
3: and, and she's yeah. there. <laughs> I mean, that that right. And if you're she's looking for throne, examples, I guess that's all that matters symbolically.
2: Yeah. Uh, If you're looking from examples from history, I mean, you have William III and Mary II, and even though Mary II was the one that actually had a claim to the English throne through her father, James II, she actually went... It was like the Glorious Revolution, so 1689. um, So they end up on the throne, but the claim is through Mary, but she predeceased her husband, William of Orange, and he ruled or reigned for about... I think, eight or ten years after her death, even though he did not have a claim to the throne.
0: Um, um, did they have children that were still growing up at that stage? Nope. So it, No children. Then that's weird. Yeah, Unless okay, it's but, because it was already an, an established throne,
2: yeah. no, so
0: no, 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 everyone just followed
2: but, it. But, but no, no, but, but so, like, it, it's exactly the same, like the Throne of England and the Iron Throne – exactly the same but it's the same kind of setup like it is both like an established kingdom that has been around for several hundred years in its current form that yeah the spouse of the ruler could rule because there was no heirs and it would have passed it ended up passing to to mary's sister after william the third died but it's not it's not that it can't be done like a spouse can rule a spouse can reign there are examples from history of that but it right. just hasn't been done in Westeros before. Exactly. I keep on bringing up examples from history, but it, it
3: That's good. Hard. No, history's good. Yeah. Though it hasn't and, and, been done in the history and, and, of Westeros. And, and,
2: and, yeah, and William III and Mary II is also very different because of the Glorious Revolution. They kind of had to sign a deal with Parliament when they landed. We're up to Dragonstone,
0: and we have Gendry ignoring Davos' advice not to tell John who he is, and he straight up tells John who he is, and that is Robert's son and they row out over who their fathers were. And then we have Jon, Gendry, Davos, and Jorah leaving Dragonstone for Eastwatch and to catch themselves a white.
5: What is Gendry's character now? <laughs> Why does he want to fight? Does he just want to fight literally anything that he can fight? Does he hate the yep. Lannisters? Well, he's not fighting the Lannisters by
1: following Jon. Yeah. Does he? He needs to get that, to get that hammer wet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: but it might also be like, I want to live up to my father, who was this great warrior, so I'm going to go and be a great warrior now. That's fair. But right. that's
2: seems fair. a bit. He had no attachment to his father. He was told that his father was Robert.
0: Yeah. Had... We
5: have not seen D- D- Gendry since he was told his father was Robert Baratheon. <laughs> There's no yeah. character development leading up to the point that he wants to be Robert.
3: Well, we don't know what happened while he was rowing and for the last the three problem, seasons, though. so. But that's the right. problem. Mm. Yep.
2: There is just no reason for injuries, behavior whatsoever.
1: I think he's probably just a red shirt, so we yeah. can see him fighting the whites and being killed, and John had like two minutes of bonding with him, so, so he can be sad about that.
3: Right. Will this be yet another it, example it, of we bring back a character after several seasons just to kill them? But yep. that said...
1: Should have stayed in that boat, Gendry. You know,
3: that said, I liked the little bastard camaraderie that he that he had with John there. Like, you know, yeah, we're both bastards. And, oh, yeah, and our fathers were really cool friends. And I, I kind of liked all of that. Even if it didn't seem all that earned, I still liked it.
1: Right. Yeah, I like the concept of children of the characters we had in the beginning as sort of playing out. Like, they're living in the shadow of their... Mm-hmm. their um. Their parents, what they did, they're trying to live up to that, and and not make the same mistakes. It's a nice um, sort of what's what's the word? I don't know, parallel I word, and service, like an parallel. echo, a parallel, echo, sort of an yeah, echo, like a like a wheel that's going round and round. That the nair is trying to break. Yeah, that wheel. <laughs>
2: oh man. Th- there was a nice uh part at least for john when he's like you're a lot leaner than your dad and gendry's like well you're a lot shorter and you just have this <laughs> moment where john's like oh shit i, ta- I take take <laughs> myself too seriously i'm actually gonna smile i liked um, it and i i like that little bit just-, just because john does take himself way too seriously it's it's nice for someone to be like no i'm gonna make fun of you a little
0: i thought it was funny because i'm like you are short bro so yeah okay yeah, but he's hot, so who cares?
2: <laughs> and uh, Lord's kiss, so you can be short and be able to do that, and you're fine. Uh,
1: right. That's why he's always on top of the wall because it makes him look.
3: Tall. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, when you're on the highest place on the planet, you are the tallest man on the planet. It's on purpose. That works.
0: Do you realize he's gonna look super super short next to Tormund and Sandor?
1: He's gonna look like really short. Yeah, okay. he's always Every discreetly one. like walking up a mound of snow and <laughs> <Proper>.
2: <laughs> like those two actors talking. are like six foot four and six foot eight. Like, yep. there's, yeah, just it, it must be uh, an interesting thing to be able to fit everyone in the um the shot. As Duncan said, maybe lot so this, like, walking it'll be a up lot snow of drifts and stuff. It'll be okay. a lot of wide
0: shots no close-ups of all of them together no tight shots
1: this plan to get a white and take it to cersei is really stupid does this have any chance of working mm. like nope. firstly you have to go beyond the wall with 10 guys and and capture a few soldiers out of thousands and then you have to take it all the way back to king's landing and then you have to enter the court of your enemy and present <laughs> it as evidence. with like, with a, do a, a do zombie cersei like what do you think Cersei's gonna her response is gonna be oh yeah I'm gonna give up my claim and go f- help Danny fight the White Walkers like what does she care if the White Walkers invade the
3: North she would probably like seek an alliance with them <laughs> except, that, <laughs> except that they're coming for them next so
5: yeah I mean well, it doesn't matter it's does the writers want it to make sense or not <laughs> the right say to that this sense. is going to happen. This is going to happen. That this, this <laughs> whole thing was stupid from the start.
3: <laughs> but they're going for it, so well. I don't know. I I mean, the plan here seems kind of stupid. But I think in theory the idea is smart. That you know what? You have this creature of legend that no one believes exists. That we haven't seen in anyone's lifetime for the last you know how many hundreds thousands of years. So we need to prove it and. I don't think that's unreasonable that that he needs to prove it before anyone believes him, you know this plan may not be the best way to do it but
2: so the idea this, this is, plan great. is the perfect example of in for a penny in for a pound
0: not great so it's a great idea horrible execution so far
1: i think the show's just struggling to know what to do with the White Walkers. like yeah. It just doesn't quite fit into the show that we've been watching for the past six seasons. It's so awkward, John trying to convince them that this exists. I mean, it shouldn't be, I guess, because dragons are around. Why can't zombies be around? But it's just until we see some evidence, until we see an attack by the Wild Walkers. Like, you almost want the Wild Walkers to attack just so you have something to point to. Right. It's just awkward. Now he has to go get evidence and, and bring it back, and yeah. and uh, Sam's trying to convince the maesters and to find a document that proves them. It's just, like, the White Walkers are supposed to be such a cataclysmic threat that all this sort of running around it's, But it's, it's not satisfying, and it's just confusing.
3: The problem is we still don't know how it's going to be handled in the books because we're nowhere near that yet. I mean, at this point... The- the Night's Watch are the only people who've run into them, well, who are still around, you know, and then, of course, you know, the wildlings. So we're not at that point. So I'm not sure how I mean, it may be just as awkward in the books when when George has to figure out how to get everyone to believe it. So it, it, we're in a weird position now where it's hard to criticize the show because we don't know yet how George is going to do it. So maybe it's going to be just as awkward or maybe it won't. Maybe he's got a brilliant plan to figure it out, or maybe that's why it's taking him so long to get the damn books out. I don't know.
0: <laughs> he has all of his Red Priests though, and he's already set them up so they can be the people telling everyone that they need to get to the wall to fight for the dawn. Yeah, so he true. has sort of set it yeah. up already.
3: Yeah. But that's I just them.
1: figure it, I just figure the wall's just gonna fall in the books and they're just gonna yeah. have to deal with it as it's occurring. Maybe. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it will be Sam's John fucking, running around trying to convince people.
2: Sam's at the Citadel, fucking around with the uh, old horn, gives it a blow, wall comes down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: probably. Just like this vague rumble. Like,
2: yeah, just oh,
1: like
2: shiver up the <laughs> spine. Something bad has happened.
3: <laughs> well, we know who has the horn in the books. No,
1: it's gonna be it's gonna be Uron. He's gonna get the
3: horn and go and. Well, he has to get it, He has to get it from Sam. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway. Okay. Isn't Old Town it, about
2: um, to be besieged?
3: Yeah, yes. yeah, that's where. Uh, Theoretically. The is. Yeah, yeah exactly. So? That, that,
2: that's how it happens.
3: I'm... Right. Most Confirmed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Do we
0: want to talk about Danny's farewell to her lady loves, but her man crushes? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh
2: man, it. like. I, I love the Tyrion and Jorah scene just because Tyrion's like, um, I've missed you, Mormon. Nobody glows quite like you, not even Grey Worm. <laughs> <But> it's,
4: just, <laughs> no.
2: it, it's just my bromance from season five, and now I have my Gendry-John bromance of season seven. But it, it was nice. But God, Ian Glenn has been saving up that kicked puppy look for so long. It's like every time he looks at it John, it's just like, yep, someone killed a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so good.
1: I like that he's not like just slobbering all over her. Like he's he's restrained. He's like he just kisses her hand. He's like, oh, I'm gonna go serve. Like he's not hanging around and wagging his tail. But But
2: we we don't know how far down the grayscale went, so he might not be able to wag anything that he used to be able to. (laughs) (laughs) Ew. With it,
0: I think it's kind of funny because jora's like, "Oh, I'm going to profess my love for you." Oh no, John's there. Fuck that dickhead. Fuck. I'll just kiss <laughs> right. you on the hand. Oh, okay, bye. That
3: said, that said, I really am liking the genuine affection, if it's maybe not what Jorah wants, but the affection that Danny's giving him. Yeah, you know, he's finally yeah. getting, mm. he's getting some of what he wants, but not the way he wants it. So
0: it's, it's like, still I care for you. I'm not in love with you, but Oh, I okay.
3: missed you. Right. Which is, uh, yeah. It's got to be like at least something for him. You know, it's something.
1: His love is a bit less lecherous and it's a bit more wholesome. Like he just wants to serve her, I guess, now, maybe. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Or at least in the show, I found him way less creepy than in the
2: books.
3: Definitely. Right.
2: Yeah. It's like the one problem with the England's casting is is Jorah has these moments where he comes off as mm. it's quite charming and lovely. And well, most of his scenes. Yeah. Yeah,
3: and, most and of his scenes let's face it on the show he's attractive and in the books he's not and in the show she's what 14 15 maybe 16 at this point and she's clearly not in the i mean in the books sorry. and in the show she's clearly not so that all together makes it all a lot less creepy (laughs)
2: yeah and jorah's not around uh oh i guess we did see him with a prostitute that kind of looked like danny didn't we
5: yep he didn't go for it
2: though oh he
0: didn't go for it he went for it in the books do we want to move on to Sam and Gilly?
3: Oh, spit, we oh, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Biggest of the episode.
0: Okay. So now we're at the Citadel with Sam and Gilly. Sam is transcribing the tomes that were his punishment for curing Jorah while Gilly is reading some of the facts to him from the book she's reading. One of these suggests that Rhaegar had his marriage to Elia Martell annulled, and then he married Lyanna Stark. And then Sam snaps and is just like fuck the shit I can't deal with that a- anymore and he goes and raids the library before he before he and Gilly and Little Sam hit the road. Um with this, with him raiding the library, I just had flashbacks to Harry Potter. <laughs> 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 it's really bad, but I was just like Harry Potter moment. It's at night <laughs> He shouldn't be there. No one else
1: is there. He's just
0: stealing all the books.
1: Walder Frey's kind of just mopping up the floor. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: oh no.
1: Okay.
2: Oh, that look that Sam gave when he left the library was like, this is everything I've ever wanted. Oh God damn it! it. Why? You know,
3: I, I found all of this so weird because on one hand, we've had what could be arguably the biggest revelation of the entire series. And it comes in a moment of passing from, of all people, Gilly, <laughs> and no one realizes that it happens. And it's kind of a weird thing in that, you know, obviously those of us who've read the books were like, holy crap, we know exactly what happened. Like, I had to pause it. I was, like, like hyperventilating and, like, oh, my God, they just did it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And, you know, and yet... You know, hardly anyone who didn't read the books had any idea what that meant. I I was telling friends at work last night and they were like, oh my God, really? Really? Oh, finally, finally. Oh my God. And, you know, but I don't think, I I, I know like one person who hasn't read the books who actually figured out what it meant. You know, so it's such a weird way to reveal it.
0: It is. And the funny thing is, it means that Danny doesn't even have the claim she thinks she has anymore because John's the heir. So
2: bye, Danny.
3: Exactly. Bye. So, you can because bend the, the knee. is... You bend the knee, girl. <laughs> yup. Sarah's yeah, exactly. take, off
2: of, take off of that entire scene is like, haha, he's fucked. Right. <laughs> <Yes>, Actually, <laughs> I started laughing with this
0: scene and it didn't stop to the end of the episode. I was just like... Mmm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the question is, does it matter? Yeah. Not like, really. No it does not. And like, It doesn't. And well, like de- they're you know, going to get it married it anyway, probably, so...
0: It, Well, they'll
1: die. No one cares that Cersei's on the Iron Throne. Yeah. No one cares whether Mm. Danny is the legitimate heir. She has dragons. Like, at Mm. this point, I guess that's kind of the theme of this season. Like, all of the old guard are dying. All of the old great families are dying. This idea of claimants and hereditary, you know.
3: But Cersei's, I mean, um, but Danny's claim has never been, I have dragons. Her claim has always been, I am the rightful queen. I was born for this. This is what this is owed to me. I deserve it. And now that's not true. You know, up until now, even, you know, as book readers, even if you believe R plus L equals J, we never knew for sure if John was legitimate and if he's not legitimate, he had no claim. This is a huge moment. This is probably the biggest moment in the series. And it was done so strangely. (laughs) And I don't know where they're going with it. I mean, clearly it seems to me that where they're heading is, you know, Sam heard it. He, he may have dismissed her and whatever. And I'm assuming that at some point, you know, Bran is going to mention, you know, what he saw at the tower of joy. And then together, Sam is going to, I'm I'm assuming Sam at this point is going to go, oh, that means, you know, I'm assuming that's where we're going to go. I mean, we're now at this weird point that Sam is leaving, right? He's left his dream. And what was his narrative purpose for going to Old Town? Well, he he cured Jorah, which will not happen in the books because Jorah doesn't have it. Although maybe he'll cure John Connington in the books. We don't know. You know, he discovered that Dragonglass is in Dragonstone, although in the show he's already been told this by stannis so that kind of made that pointless so this seems to be the whole reason at least on the show that he's there now in the books you know we have the horn and all that stuff that may happen but i mean it's kind of bizarre that he went there to get all this information and he kind of didn't although it turns out in this scene he did but he doesn't know it so now he's just leaving to do what Uh, it's not clear yeah (laughs) it's not
1: clear yeah what the purpose there's a few minor things that he achieved while he was there but the overall reason he went there hasn't been achieved to be a maester. Yeah. He's got a Valerian steel blade. I can kill um, some whites, white walkers, I guess. No, and he got that with, him, there.
0: <laughs> with him taking all of the books, hopefully he picked the ones that do relate to The Long Night and he'll find right. the way to actually end.
5: How does he know what
0: books to take?
5: I know, I because like, he wasn't even gross. flipping through them. <laughs> it's are like, right, just gross. They could be anything. It could be our bowel movements again.
0: Was it like, <laughs> oh, this is the well, long night
3: the is, had a lot. everything well the ball yeah, movement probably book, the long night okay. the ball movement books seem to have a good piece of information in there though so
1: <laughs> and I, I guess gilly might have taken that scroll with her so maybe he'll open it later and realize what she was talking about
3: <laughs> maybe. Or, or i so know whatever like, and, yeah. and you, and you know, notice she, think didn't yeah, pronounce, that, she didn't pronounce his name he, right did you notice that <laughs> he, he stole a bunch of uh, white walker cheat
1: code Kills so he'll, he'll make good use of that when he gets back to Winterfell, I guess. Hopefully, I uh,
2: I the thing with this is John's legitimacy just doesn't matter. I've always assumed that John was legitimate because why else would the King's Guard be me too defending the Tower of what? Joy? An illegitimate yeah. child would not be defended, and neither would and Liana, has no right to be defended by the King's Guard either, just being. A mistress or a wife
3: Because she wasn't a crowned queen If if Rhaegar sends them they'll have to
1: I I figured it was more about the prophecy Like this is the prince that was promised He's going to save us from the long night Like the idea of the Iron Throne And who's the rightful king That seems like much smaller Than Mm. than the sort of more
2: mystical
1: Fire and ice good and evil battle That Rhaegar was meditating over.
2: Yeah I I just feel that Rhaegar Would have always recognised Jon As legitimate marriage or not because of uh, his importance to Rhaegar. Yeah, and, it, and that was showing through the King's Kingsguard. Yeah, staying at the Tower of Joy. I don't know, I, I found this. I'm like, let's find a really ham-fisted way to give us exposition, but let's have none of the characters acknowledge it.
3: <laughs> I, I'm assuming it has yeah. to come up later. I mean, it's, it's obviously... Well, like you say,
1: the way it was presented seemed more like an Easter egg for book readers than show watchers because show watchers aren't going to notice that. Right.
3: Although I did have a table in the restaurant last night that did. So we were talking about it and they did catch it. But some people did, but not many. And let's face it, you realize that already by today there's probably 8,000 articles online by every website in the world going, here's what you missed in last night's episode. I mean – I admit I posted that on my Facebook wall. <laughs> this is who Raga is. Yeah, no, oh, totally. This is why that scene was the most important you met you didn't understand.
1: Baste is hated. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: Okay. So we're at Winterfell again with Littlefinger and Arya. Arya sees Littlefinger doing some particularly bad covert operations and follows him around before breaking into a locked room to search for the message scroll that the Maystar had given him and it's supposedly for Sansa. When Arya is leaving the room having found it, we get a shot of Littlefinger watching her leave. <laughs> Discuss.
3: So weird. So weird
1: yeah i don't know what to make of this
0: is it meant to be on purpose and he knows she's following him or is it meant yeah. to be
2: yeah he's yeah, yeah, halfway okay. through Ask he's for a noticed. particular scroll he knows he's being yeah. watched he make sure he says lady Sansa, thanks you for your service he he knows what Arya can do and she's just driving another wedge through it, and Ari has played into his machinations. I Scroll don't... is Sansa being like, I declare for Joffrey, and you should do the same.
1: Right. So. It was the letter that Cersei made her write right. and was like, you know, you have to kneel to Joffrey. Right. Yeah. So I guess Littlefinger's planted that to drive a wedge between the two sisters.
3: Yeah. Or was um, It well, it seemed to me like it was more like he was going to have something to hold over Sansa. Like, if you don't, I don't know what, then I'll let them know that you betrayed your family or something. I don't know.
2: No, I, I definitely think sense. he earned got that scroll going. because he knew it was going to mess with Arya.
3: What? Yeah, Santa has absolute
1: authority in Winterfell. If he tries to blackmail her, he's gonna, she's gonna have him, his head lopped off or kicked out, like or
0: eaten by dogs. Power.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's for Arya's benefit, and then he, he watches her creepily from the shadows and twirls his mustache <laughs> to achieve something. <laughs> like, but again, this idea that like Arya has been presented as this master assassin, yet she's skulking around without a disguise in broad daylight. Yeah. Anyone can see her. Like, how, how does this idiot little finger get one over her?
0: No, the thing is, I think if you think she is that great, you are buying into what the show's painting her as, because the show is painting her as being this great sword master, this fantastic assassin. But she, I don't think she really has been that great as an assassin or putting things together that we've seen so far. Like, yes, she can well, go she... and murder people, but that doesn't mean she can put two and two together or makes necessarily the best decisions.
1: Well, she was able to sneak into the twins and hang out there in disguise for a few weeks, it seemed like. She was able to poison all those glasses. It seemed like... I mean, maybe it's unjustified, but it seems like the show wants us to think she's she's a master. Yeah.
2: So it's well, yeah, a, I, I think she does have, have the her... skills, and Littlefinger has recognized that she has skills, but he's counting on the fact that she's not going to think it through. Like if she goes to Sansa right. with this information, Sansa is going to know immediately what has happened, where Arya isn't because she hasn't been dealing with Littlefinger for that long and is is a lot more impulsive. Yes, and yeah, I, I think, I think it's, it's more a testament to her thinking and her decision-making than been, been her skills.
0: Yes, that's what I think as well. I think that they kind of need to have it happen, and then, like one of you was saying earlier, that way we can get a scene between the two of them, and it could be a fight scene, anything, just to bring them closer so they can try to work together as a team against right. everything else rather than trying to cut each other off at the knees because that won't help anyone there.
3: I would say it's just so hard to judge this scene because we don't know where it's going. And from here, it could go any one in a hundred different ways. So it's hard for me to say, like, it may turn out that this scene was total crap and made no sense at all. Or it might, we might next, you know, next week or two weeks from now or a month, you know, a year from now be, oh. I don't know. It, it's because I don't. I don't get anything that Littlefinger's doing this season because none of it makes any sense. But you could have argued that about him in the second season that it didn't make sense unless you understood it. So maybe he actually does have a smart plan that the writers have come up with, or maybe it's all messed up. I don't know. I, I I'm well, not sure. I guess.
1: I guess as he keeps saying, his M.O. is to cause chaos. So he's trying it, to turn the Starks against one another. Like he was trying to. He's he was creating animosity between. Uh, John and Sansa last season he continues to do that, he starts to you know, suck yeah. up to Bran he starts to, he's planting these messages for Arya's benefit to find, you see some of the animosity between the two sisters before, maybe he's he's trying to exploit that so he's trying to create chaos and then he can build some kind of seed of power out of that, you know, get Sansa listening to him like, you know, I was right, see your, sis, your, your, your siblings are trying to undermine you blah blah blah, but I just, I can't see any other conclusion, yeah. but the sisters getting together and realizing what he's doing and then kicking him out.
3: And like, I can't see that. sisters
1: that's they going. going. to war against each other. Like, it, oh. maybe they will. Like maybe, maybe Arya will kill Sansa. I don't know, what? but it, it, I can't see oh, that. Jesus. Happening. I mean, they what I mean not. is, oh, wait, wait. I mean is
2: my, my tinfoil foil for this yeah. is that they have that argument and Sansa is able to like convince Arya of Littlefinger's actions and they decide yeah. to continue like faking being mad each, at each other so they can catch a little finger and as they finally like tighten the noose around his neck and Arya stabs him or whatever he removes
3: his own with his own, his with his own blade like, oh Ooh. yeah because <laughs> like it, it wouldn't
2: surprise me if it happened in the TV series it wouldn't surprise me at all because it's batshit crazy
1: <laughs> <laughs> and nothing makes any sense it just seems like they need a conflict to keep the Starks occupied, so right. they've invented this, and it doesn't seem, it, it's not compelling to me, it just seems very obvious in the way it's being set up, and the conclusion that it's, the climax it's going to draw to seems obvious. Maybe they'll subvert our expectations, uh, but I, yeah, it just, Probably not. I don't know, it's just not compelling to me. Like, I like the characters, I like them interacting, but I don't, this conflict just, yeah, it just yeah. Seems not as interesting if- as the rest of it. Yep. Yeah, season. contrived. Yeah, that's the way. It
0: could have been a lot better. They could have had better conflicts to have rather than just having supposedly Littlefinger using them or trying to use them. It could be better. By the way, oh, with where Littlefinger hid the note, I don't think Arya was looking that thoroughly because if it was me, I would be going through all of the books, seeing if anything fell out. I'd be opening the mm-hmm. scrolls and checking that wasn't
4: everything the message everything. one
0: inside it, like. I'm crazy. Like if I get a birthday present I will open all of it and I will look through everything to find stuff.
1: <laughs> Cutting open the sofa. <laughs> yeah. And Is there anything in here?
0: with the with getting the message out of the mattress, it actually reminds me of misery as in Stephen King's Misery and the movie version of it. So I recently watched that so I thought it was kind of funny.
1: I think this is the second episode of *Kraken* cast that movies come up. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: Probably because I watched it week before last.
1: All oh, right, right. So
0: it is sort of film yeah, that we'll leaves see. you easily. We'll <laughs>
1: I, I'm I'm liking the I like Maisie Williams and Sophie Turner. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're doing. Yeah, some interesting stuff with the material. Hopefully it evolves into something more interesting than it seems to be at the moment.
0: I really hope so. Okay, do we want to move on or do we have some more stuff to talk about with Littlefinger?
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, no, no, let, let's get into the real arse end of this uh, episode. <laughs> so
1: it's Aven- okay. Avenge- Avengers Unite, right?
2: Uh,
1: or Magnificent or Seven or there whatever. Was literally,
2: there was literally like Space Jam music playing in my head when this happened like getting a dream yeah. team together it was
1: just this... you gotta get the old crew back together yeah is this a
5: dream team
2: we'll it's see. the western the... roasty version i guess maybe
0: so it, is this like the, the prophecy the team. team like some people yeah. see stuff in fire it makes them really good
3: yes <laughs> beric ever,
0: like, I, I better let you do the the summary you, but i do yes.
2: have a question about beric
0: Okay, summary first, then questions, and then laughing. Okay. Yeah, lots of laughing. <laughs> lots of laughing. Okay, so now we're up to Eastwatch. So we have John, Davos, Gendry, all reach Eastwatch. Tormund thinks their plan of going north of the wall is absurd, and he leads them to a cell holding Beric, Thoris, and Sander, who all apparently came to the wall wanting to go north of it, and they just locked them up. And all of them, apart from Davos, <laughs> go north to catch themselves a white. Okay. With this, why the <laughs> hell would you lock up people who want to go north of the wall? Just be like, fine, but you're
2: not coming back. Okay, bye.
3: Yeah, that I didn't get Because
2: that. you don't want to add any to the army of the dead. So, like, yeah, even if it's, it's, like it's three people true, at fifty, true. just be like, well, no, you're not going north. Like, you might be the one more. that kills me. True. Yeah, exactly.
0: But... Wouldn't you just be like, you yeah, know, you're not going north, bye, and, like, usher them south of the wall? Because otherwise yeah. you're paying for all of their food. You're the ones feeding them, keeping them alive. So unless you're putting them up top of the wall as your men, why keep them there? Shits and giggles?
3: I, I didn't yeah, get it. Yeah, shits and giggles. <laughs> just to have them there for this scene. I mean, it, this is another one of those scenes where where these people are doesn't necessarily make sense, but we need them there for the story, so... I'm just gonna sort of roll with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I laughed through all of this scene because I was like, what even? What?
1: I thought it was so stupid. Yeah, it seems like something you'd find on a fanfiction site. Yeah. You know, what if Gendry and torment <laughs> and the Hound yes. and Jorah teamed up to fight the White Walkers single-handedly? It's so weird. Uh, I don't. I didn't know what to make of it. I mean, as you say, maybe it'll lead to a really cool battle next season, and that'll be great. I've no, loved the set pieces episode. this season. Next episode. Ne- next episode. Sorry. <laughs> I've loved the set pieces this season, but um just in terms of treating this show as like having any kind of reality or any kind of layered character development it's just it's this was a hard a hard scene to to analyze from that point well, of view.
0: yes because it's was not like they just came Barry to the wall and that preachy in the books <sighs>
1: no i don't think so no i thought oh, it was no. very
0: quiet normally in the books wasn't he
2: yeah and he's like I, I like the guy that plays him, and the guy that plays him is actually one of the few book readers on the uh, on the cast. It's quite <laughs> funny seeing him in interviews. He corrects people. Uh, it's great. Uh,
1: I love his voice. Uh, he's got a he's got a great voice. He
0: does, and that's probably why he does the voiceover for the shorts for next episode.
1: <laughs>
0: ah. Oh, does he? Yeah. The one I watched it on had um some of the what to expect in the next episode and they had him saying the stuff and i'm like oh my god
2: okay cool yeah. I, I i just i don't, I don't like how don't it's just this is just everything that is wrong with the tv series in one scene <laughs> torment <laughs> you... puffing his chest out at jorah because jorah is jorah's jaws mormon's child and Jigendry being mad at Beric and Thoros because of the Red Witch, but they're all in it together because they're breathing, but John probably isn't. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well,
5: the thing yes. is the T V show has never done this. I don't think so. They haven't they haven't done like Avengers that's assembled the heroes. It's true. No, but this they is, just this is, did. This is a yeah, well yeah, they just did this is this is a new territory, territory of bad basketball. Okay, are oh, you
2: saying so this is a new territory of ridiculousness. But the TV show has done some ridiculous stuff in the past.
5: Well, yeah, but this is like, I want to, we want to actually make a Marvel movie and this is how we're going to do it. Except, <laughs> except none of these, I mean, okay, so Torment is cool, I guess. John is, I guess, supposed to be cool. Um, Jorah, sure, he's, he's got a good, Ian Glenn is pretty cool. Um, Gendry other, has a
2: hammer.
5: I guess Gendry has a hammer. He hasn't shown up for like three seasons. Barak, oh. undi- okay, the Hound is cool. time to die. Barak Dondarrion and Soros of Mir hasn't showed up for three season before they had a cameo last season. <laughs> they're not that big
3: characters.
0: They really it, aren't. It's true. Here's, so we here's can a- expect the- almost everyone to die with
3: this. Okay. That's what I'm wondering. So how many of the seven do you think are really going to die? Because, I mean, let's face it, if they, None, kill, Barak,
2: because,
0: uh, they kill No, it's because no one died in a
2: dragon fight. Why would they die in a fight with boys?
3: Someone's no, no, got to no. no, die. Another- Beric
5: and Soros are going to die, that's, yeah. that's what i that's what I think. That's,
2: yeah, that's what I think
0: as well, because yep. if they were gonna kill off Sandor, they just shouldn't have brought him back at all.
3: Yeah. Right. And Gendry is another good good chance to die, because we brought him back, so just in time to go out fighting, you know. But will they actually have the guts to kill even like, say, Tormund, you know, or Jara, they could.
0: Or- Because Tormund was just like, you really want to go north of the wall? You guys are nuts. So they could, because he was being the straight man.
2: Right. Yeah, but that that means Davos is like the next on the chopping block, and I'm not okay with that. Davos isn't leaving Eastwatch, so we're good. No, but I I just mean like chopping block in general for like straight men dying. Bronn? The straight men. No, but we can have
0: Bron. We can have Jorah. Sam? I don't want Sam to die. And I really don't want Davos to die.
2: Misande, Grey One. The, one, they can the die. one thing I like about. Yeah, the one thing I did like about the scene is that you see Thoris in the cell drying out and, like, oh, the poor guy. Oh, it's like he didn't end up with DTs. And then, like, in the next scene, when they're just, just north of the wall, he's there <laughs> drinking just so he can stop yep. the shakes. Yep, yep. I really like yeah. that. I really like that. Um,
1: that was funny.
3: Yeah, I'm wondering if just... you really have the balls to go all out in this and have, like, Maybe only John or John and Jorah, the only ones to survive it, and they come back with it. Because that would be, I mean, that would be pretty epic uh, if the fun, if the big battle they all end up dying except for like John.
1: That would make it a bit better for me if it was just a like they were sacrificed the lambs basically, oh, yeah. and yeah. John was like the only one to make it back and he gained some important knowledge or he got a white. It's pr-
0: but see, got, if um, they really had balls, you'd kill John as well. Like just kill all of them and no one comes back.
1: That would well, be bulls. They would not... I feel like they've done this. This is this scene has already happened. It was called Hardhome. Exactly. It was yeah. amazing. It's one of my favorite episodes in the whole series. But that was this episode that showed you that everything beyond the wall now belonged to the White Walkers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing now is to is to protect the wall and to build. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just it seems like it's retreading Hardhome, and it's it's so much <laughs> has so much less weight and gravitas and pathos than that episode did. Yeah.
2: And then i feel like the next thing that we're going to get is a retreading of stannis saving john from the wildlings like when stannis rocks up. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be like danny on a dragon or something like someone's going to have to save them.
3: I hope not. I hope not. Because you realize almost every major battle they've had on this show has ended with some deus ex machina coming in and saving the day, just as the good guys were about to lose. So it would be nice to see... Flotation armor is not
2: deus ex machina, that's just good blacksmithing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, okay, honestly, with Gendry taking a warhammer, how the hell is that going to kill anything or destroy anything because all it's gonna do is like knock them around a little bit and you might have some skeletons with bones falling off and then coming back sorry their head smash
2: off. their brains right but it, they don't like, have brains it will like I don't know that, knock
3: their head off then they it, can't
2: it, it looks black sorry it's it's just like I knew this was coming I've crushed up a bit of a city like dragon glass in there like
0: in this (laughs) deal no I honestly I was hoping that he'd say it has Valyrian steel like or it is Valyrian steel and then I'd be like so it might be able to do something I still don't think it will but it might be able to and it still would have been really weird if he had have said that but yeah I don't think it's going to do much at all at least Thoros if he sets his sword on fire he'll kill a lot of whites.
1: so right fire well they were in the obsidian mines I mean Jon could have given him some, some of the rock.
2: Hopefully, I
0: don't know. Hopefully, hopefully they were not stupid and hopefully they are prepared. We'll see. They
2: are neither of those things. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> oh God,
2: it was so ridiculous.
1: Like I guess, I mean, this. The sh- the show's always had silly stuff but the silly stuff is getting too silly and it's colonizing the good stuff a bit too much i mean again it's it's what does it lead up to i guess right if if the set piece is so awesome that we forget about the uh exactly. the intro to the set piece maybe it'll be okay but um it's just you want to you want to like be able to take this as real and meaningful and it's just like not doing it no
3: no I guess the thing is, I kind of was expecting this ever since we saw the first coming attraction that showed, like, them up beyond the wall and that scene from next week with them being surrounded and with, you know, with the flaming sword and all that. So I've been expecting this all along, and I assumed that's why they were going north was to get some sort of proof. So I've kind of been just, this is what's happening, and I'm not upset about it now because I've had, like, months to be pondering it already. (laughs) Sure. Well, i just sort like... of reser- I was reserved to it. This is what's happening. It'll be what it is. Let's just hope it's as good as Hard Home was, you know. Well,
1: I- I've loved all the White Walker stuff right. done so far. Like the whole hold the door last season was awesome. So I'm, I'm looking forward to next episode, we- seeing some. Uh... Night, Night, mm-hmm. King, Night King Mayhem.
3: Exactly. You know, what thing I thought was weird, though, was that they named the episode Eastwatch. So up until now, I was assuming that this big scene was going to be in probably the penultimate episode, you know, because we have to get back right. with whatever they find, you know. So I was assuming it was next week and then they named this East Watch. So I was like, oh, wait, are they actually moving that up to this week? Because it's kind of weird to name the episode after what effectively was the last two minutes of the episode when the next episode is uh, okay. going to be presumably i'm assuming at least you know 15 minutes of the next episode is going to take place in eastwatch or just north of eastwatch so why would you name the episode that
2: why why would you add eastwatch to the introduction but not constantly rock and not high garden who knows mm-hmm. yeah Some, and they had castle
3: or, black
0: in it and they didn't even go there. Probably.
3: probably because eastwatch well, is really easy it, to add well they've also had Pike on it the entire <laughs> season and we haven't had Pike <laughs> well, once. True. We they have Pike once they have a in the season.
1: They have a particular counter. They can only fit so many seconds <laughs> into the yes. into the intro. They can't there's truth. There's not enough time for the Raven to zoom over to cast.
2: I'm kinda of glad because the intro would probably end up giving me Vertigo if it went very quickly just because of the way that the camera moves. Um like it's like this reverse image of a globe thing and even watching it at normal speed, sometimes it can make me feel sick if I see it outside the corner of my eye. Yeah. I get motion sickness from everything, obviously. So like, but if it was sped up, I would just, I'd probably vomit like, And one thing
3: I've been wondering about all seasons, and this made me think of it because we're finally in the snow, was do you remember when we were all wondering when this season was going to start and they started it several months later because they started filming several months later and the whole reason they said was we need to do our filming in the winter when there's snow because winter is here and that's going to be the theme of the whole season. Well, if you think about it, we're now into episode five out of seven. And up until now, the only snow we've seen – has been that very first moment with Bran and Mira at the wall. And now, right now, at the very end of the fifth episode. So we held off filming the entire season so we could have snow. And there's probably going to be at most snow in like two and a little bit episodes. So kind of interesting there.
0: It's because they lied (laughs) and they really needed more time to ride it so it wouldn't be as shitty. I think no, well, that's obviously
2: tri- not true because it's shitty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: alright.
0: No,
2: sorry, that was too easy. That was too easy. Sorry. I it actually,
1: sorry. Yeah, that was mean. But let's to... not end on a snarky.
2: <laughs> so oh. Snarky. No, I actually. Snark is uh, always a. I, I think if this battle is as big as we all think it is. Um, it would make sense that they actually filmed a few things out of order, so there's a good chance that at least like a second unit has been filming in the snow for a very long period of time to do a lot of these shots that they're going to use in the next couple of episodes. Um, and also we've seen like just a lot of winter around, like Winterfell, obviously. That's a bad sentence. A, um, bad. a lot of snow? Yeah, like you you do get Ice. that, but just because main characters aren't there, um it doesn't mean that they haven't had to spend like a lot of time doing prep for this big scene that's coming up.
0: Okay, I have a bit of a crackpot idea because they have Gundry now. Why what not? they should do is they should melt down Longclaw and then put Valerian Steel Leaf over all of their weapons so you get the properties of Valerian Steel over as many weapons as possible.
3: There you go. Hmm. Well, of course, if you have dragonglass, maybe you don't need to do that.
0: Yeah, but Dragonglass is really, I imagine, is very fragile and we have yet to see them hand out Dragonglass or
3: anything. So Which given where John just came from, you'd think there'd have been some mention, oh by the way, before we leave, let's all pick up some of this stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I right. mean, they were just there. They were right there where they were mining it. Why didn't they bring some with them? Maybe they did, but you'd think they would have mentioned that.
1: <laughs> Don't forget your your obsidian dagger. It's just over here. Right. <laughs> well, like, your obsidian shield. Even just mm.
0: showing them carrying some of it before they walk out of that stupid shot, yeah. um, in the tunnel. Just have a few of them with
2: dragon glass in their belt, and I'll be like, cool. Okay, done.
3: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Uh, Jones just sent like a, a couple of massive bags of dragon glass off to Sansa with just like a note attached: go north, be back soon what <laughs> he probably
1: would make into weapons. it's <laughs> oh. not gonna make a weapon
0: <laughs> so this ends Krakencast for this week if you'd like to join us we record every tuesday at 8 p.m australian eastern standard time so that's 11 a.m gmt or 6 a.m eastern standard time you can Ooh. listen to the dragon cast for our american counterparts or the Wolfcast for our european battle reviews as well and thank you for joining us today. And a big thanks to Duncan, Donna, Bing, and David for sharing their opinions today. Good night. Good
5: night. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Thank
4: you
0: Dickon. Dickon.
3: Dickon. <laughs> yeah. Dickon and Randall Carly. Re edit.
0: Yep. Have to edit that, but
3: unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So close. so close. But and it's your own fault, so you can't blame us. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't we didn't sabotage your mic. <laughs> right. Oh, oh, no. you I blame the cat
0: support. who's sitting on mindy. so it's,
1: it's always <laughs> the cat's news. <laughs> Probably I
0: love this so much, so... out. she really is because I've been sitting places with stuff on my lap so she couldn't sit on my lap all day so she's uh, like god damn it I hate you right now let me sit on you I need cuddles and I'm like you can sit on like half my leg the other half has a
3: laptop on it but see it's you don't have those you don't have those problem with fish they never want to cuddle <laughs>
0: yeah weird thing that isn't
3: it really weird <laughs> The whole suffocation and, you know, knocking off their slime that keeps them alive in the water, that wouldn't work either. Continue.
0: <laughs> okay. Dickon.
3: Dickon. <laughs> Dick on.
0: I actually think the direwolves would probably be cheaper because I think with Nymeria earlier on in the season, I think it looked more like they just filmed a wolf and then enlarged it on the screen rather than CGI something completely.
3: I think it's a little of both. But,
0: but yeah. Because yeah. I think the dragons... No,
1: people aren't tuning in for dogs.
0: I want to tune in for the dog, bro. Come on. Oh, oh. The dragons are yeah, more important too. to the plot. Apparently. The dragons are not important. Pssh, pssh.
3: <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> well, oh, I no. guess we'll see next year.
0: Oh, I, I really come off as someone who does not like Danny or dragons. And the truth <laughs> is, I'm not that into them at
3: all. <laughs> <laughs> so it comes off as it is. Yup, it really comes out That's true fine. to form. That's fine. Okay. I mean, the show has eight thousand characters. You don't have to love all of them. <laughs>
0: Good. <laughs> um, do we want to move on to the next bit and Dickon?
3: Dickon. Dickon. <laughs> yeah.
0: <Dickon laughs> and Randall Carly.
1: So, so Gendry is Thor. There you go. Oh no. Who else? Who else would match up? Um. Sean is Captain America. So, Eric would yeah, also yeah, like, yeah,
3: really like, the be... The Hound Hulk. is
2: totally the Hulk.
1: The Hulk, yeah. yeah.
0: Wait, so who do we have? So we have Hawkeye. Does anyone have a bow?
4: No. Ooh.
0: No.
2: Ooh. Ooh, um, no. Black Widow. K- k- can, t- can Tillman be Black Widow? Because I wouldn't mind <laughs> seeing him in something black and stretchy. <laughs> and
0: he also has reddish hair, so it works really well. Yeah. God, I come across
2: as so lecherous.
0: <laughs> for cute guys. Did you notice with all of the close ups with Danny's speech, they only focused on the cute guys. It was just like close up of this cute soldier's face.
3: Yep. <laughs>
0: yeah. I thought that was really I was like
3: don't funny. burn him. Don't burn him. He's cute. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah.
2: Well, it's like in the three hundred when the sun dies, you're like, oh pretty one's gone. Who's love this gruff Scottish man? <laughs> <laughs>
3: I am
0: sorry. <laughs> I haven't yet either. We own it. I should watch it sometime. Yeah. No. Okay. No Gerard Butler for me then.
2: Gotcha. I I I, I, I should be nicer, but I, I have issues with Frank Miller as a as a writer because yeah. you know prick.
4: Yeah. And sex then pr-
2: Zack Snyder is a very good sitter. Like, and, and I think like the three hundred is probably the best example of Zack Snyder being able to do really be able to bring a comic book to the screen because he really does it very well with the 300. Like, all of those shots just feel like it's a living comic book, and in, in that way, it's quite beautiful. Um, more than Watchmen? Ooh, probably more accurate to the comic book than Watchmen. Hmm.
1: Okay. But now
2: I'm sidetracked. Sorry. <laughs> Decon. <Dick> <laughs> <Dick on. laughs>
1: I've always loved the name Eastwatch by the Sea. Like yeah. we never go there, but I've always it always sounds so cool. And like it all the castles along the wall now. have, such, it's almost have as, such like gothic titles. It's almost as if they're
5: going there because the, the name sounds
4: cool. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like Eastwatch <laughs> um, by the Sea sounds like a poem to me, like the title of a poem or something like that. So I'm like, ooh, are we getting a nice
2: song? Yeah.
0: Okay. It <laughs> was a. It no, sounds
5: just like a, a really.
2: Shoddy, like, English fishing village that used to make a lot of money off, like, kippers on sardines, but that was like 80 mm. years ago, and now everyone there is at the average age of 65 or above, oh, no. and it's depressing as fuck. The, that
5: was the movie. There was a movie last year, Manchester by the Sea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That, that uh, was a
4: dep- depressing. Oh my that God. was exactly
5: yeah. the plot of that movie. Was it? <laughs> except it's in, it's in Massachusetts, I mean, except in, instead of England.
2: Wasn't that about adoption and people dying? his dead, son. Dickon.
1: Dickon. (laughs) Dickon.
2: Yeah. The other thing I wanted to say is oh my goodness, you should watch the um, extras for this episode on the YouTube channel for Game of Thrones because Amelia Clark is just adorable. Like, I keep forgetting Amelia Clark is probably the most, I don't want to say human, but the actor that totally gets that she. She's in Game of Thrones and it's crazy as because everything that comes out of her mouth is adorable and dead on. Last season she describes like going across um the narrow sea, uh, and they're like, Yeah, you look so serious. What were you thinking about? She's like, duh, 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 duh. and
4: like, <laughs> <laughs> the
2: interview is exactly the same level of she just gets that she is in this massive fantasy um Series and she gets how exciting it is. Uh, Also, her describing doing the dragon riding stuff is fantastic as well.